millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement. But as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. everyone and of course welcome back to another special edition of red pill news on saturday night live stream i hope you guys are having a lovely day man you guys seen what's going on in france i mean it's not just france it's like europe (laughs) france belgium switzerland Anybody wants to know what's going to happen in America, just take a look at what came before us. Europe, excellent example. South Africa, even better. But tonight, our scheduled guest is Tommy Robinson. I'm sure that you're aware of him. He is a fearless journalist from the U.K., And he's got a brand new film that came out very recently. There's a story behind it, and we're going to talk about it tonight. So sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we're going to be right back after this. 
No matter who you are, protecting your personal information has never been more important than right now. Here's an example. Go to Google, punch in your name or a friend's name, and take a look at what the top results are. You're probably going to see emails, home addresses, phone numbers, but you'll also probably find a lot more than you ever thought was out there for everybody to see. This is why I love to tell you about the sponsor of this program, Virtual Shield One. Virtual Shield One will find data brokers that are storing your private information and automatically help remove them from those sites without you having to lift a finger. Plus, it'll even help you get out of those annoying spam email lists like the ones that hit your inbox or even call or text your cell phone number. Virtual Shield One is a complete privacy suite that includes identity protection, fraud monitoring, social security protection, dark web monitoring, an industry-leading VPN, plus malware and ad blocking. They even monitor the dark web for you to see if your social security number, your phone number, your address, or even your bank accounts are exposed. And they'll immediately alert you to tell you what they found. So go to my special website in the description of this video, virtualshield.com forward slash redpill78, or just click the link in the description below to get a 60-day risk-free trial and see how many websites are making your information public without your consent. If you like the content, help support my sponsor, Virtual Shield One, and go to virtualshield.com forward slash redpill78 to get that 60-day free trial. Thank you once again to Virtual Shield One for sponsoring this video, and when you support my sponsor, you support this channel. All right. Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Let me just get a couple of these Chirons pulled up here on screen. And thank you so much for joining us tonight. My guest is scheduled to be Tommy Robinson, um, but I have been unable to reach him. We scheduled this a couple of weeks back and he saw my messages earlier today. But he's not here yet, so I don't know if something's going on with him. Uh, I don't know if maybe he's in trouble. I mean, this is something that would not surprise me. The police and uh, the courts in the U.K. have come after him before. They've thrown him in prison for a lot less than going on some conspiracy podcasts. So what I do have pulled up uh, is some coverage on what's happening in the world. And if you don't mind, let me go ahead and uh, get that pulled up here on screen for you. And we can take a look at it. But first, I think maybe what we'll do is watch the uh, trailer to Tommy's film. Let's go ahead and jump in here to the main RPN view. And we'll get the rumble chat on screen. And then we'll get everything else up here. Okay, where is the chat? There it is. All right. So yeah, I'm man, I was really looking forward to uh having Tommy here tonight. So I hope that he is able to make it at some point. And uh like I said, I've got enough material we can talk about other things until that time. Uh let me just make sure that I can still see the view of the Zoom window so that when he gets here I can just let him in. All right, let's go ahead and pull up this window so I can show you guys what I've been looking at today. So, oh gosh, uh, I had all of these videos of what is going on in France. I believe this one was a video of a Frenchman who was trying to stop these people from stealing his uh, vehicle and they responded by smashing the bones in his arms and actually chopping his hand off. It was pretty gruesome, so I guess I'm not all... Oh, God, no, that's it right there. Yeah, yeah. So 
I just I didn't really necessarily want to play it. It's uh, it's pretty terrible. So I don't know what that other one was. But here is a, a real time example of what's happening there in France. Uh, you can see that people are going ancient. So this all started. I don't know. I mean, uh, it, it initially kind of kicked off with protests all across France when Emmanuel Macron announced that they were going to start taking a lot more of the French people's money. Uh, and then maybe a week ago, there was a young man who was delivering food for DoorDash or something like that. Uh, and he got pulled over by the police. And then he took off. He absconded with the car and French police ended up shooting him and killing him. Now, it just so happens he is an Algerian French person. So he's an immigrant and he comes from a family of immigrants. And it's kind of interesting because the situation we see blowing up in France right now is very reminiscent to the riots that we had here during the summer of love three years ago. It's almost exactly three years ago. And uh, you have to believe that the French media is playing up the death of this young man in the exact same way the American media played up the death of George Floyd here in America. Now, George Floyd, he was a drug addict. He died of a drug overdose. They used his death uh, as an excuse to kick off riots and looting and destruction all across America. And the mainstream media had no problem lying about how George Floyd died. In this instance, this young man was well known to police. In fact, he was 17 years old, and that's one of the reasons why people are up in arms. But let me tell you this. In France, 17 is too young to be driving a car. It's illegal. You can't even get a driver's license at the age of 17. So when this kid was pulled over, uh, it was business as usual. You know, the cops were like, hey, you're not supposed to be doing this. We know exactly who you are. So get out of the vehicle. Everything will be fine. They would have called his parents and the, the kid probably would have lived. Instead, he drove off with a vehicle, which is a deadly weapon. Let's be honest about that. And the police were forced to take him out. So now as a result of that, the mainstream media is reporting that French police are racist. They are killing these immigrants that make up 10 percent of the population. France is in a real pickle because of how many uh, uh, Middle Eastern and uh, North African immigrants they've allowed to come in. Muslims, all of them Muslims. And, uh, and, and they are essentially taking advantage of the situation. So what you saw here in this video are some of these uh, immigrant rioters, they are stopping vehicles and pulling the drivers from the vehicles and then beating them senseless. I don't know if this guy lived. You can see there, there appears to be a giant metal sign, and this man is hit over the head with it. He's hit again after he goes down on the ground. People uh, gang up on him and start kicking him. Uh, here is another video of a sports car that's been stolen by these same immigrants and driven straight into a shopping center or a mall. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but it's some type of a retail outlet. In the same way that rioters in the summer of love broke into high-end fashion boutiques and stole handbags and Nikes, the exact same thing is happening in France right now. And you can see that uh, all of these people, you know, they're not protesting anything other than their right as they believe it, to steal whatever they want. Now, here is a video of uh, a building in France that is on fire. 
isn't it funny how we just had this kind of fake coup in Russia and there was virtually no damage? The people of Russia welcomed Wagner into their towns with open arms and they were saluting and everything. But here in France, these people are burning down buildings. They are setting cars on fire. It gets worse and worse and worse the longer that you go. Let me see if we've got any volume here. Very, very reminiscent of what we saw here in America. Here is another one. Rioters chanting, Alawa Akbar. Now, France is kind of unique. You, you've got areas where migrants are uh, basically they've taken over certain neighborhoods. You might say that they're no go zones like they have in Sweden. And uh, initially, this rioting was kind of contained to these areas. But now it appears that it has spilled out all across Paris and in other occupied cities throughout France. And as I said, to Belgium and now to Switzerland as well, the exact same groups of people, even though these are three distinctly different countries with three distinctly different governments, with three distinctly different police forces. So the authorities in Belgium and the authorities in Switzerland had nothing to do with the killing of this young man. This is simply an opportunity to take advantage of a bad it's frightening and i don't know that there is a safe place to go in france here you can see a uh, video from one of the uh, the high rises and the entire city appears to be in flames it's sad it's sad i mean think about how much is being destroyed you know all of the the cultural heritage france being one of the oldest Countries, uh, you know, it continuously occupied. Police sweep the streets finally today and got people off the streets. Now, in the same way that uh, the summer of love wasn't represented across all groups, like not everybody was burning stuff down. There were some peaceful protesters, but there were a lot of really bad people, too. In France, there are definitely peaceful protesters, because as I said, the unrest began with a decision by Macron's government. Uh, and now... That it has gotten violent. Uh, apparently, the police want people to get off the streets. Continuing on. So. Of course, as, as as long as there are violent um, and and evil demonstrators out there, it's going to put the police on edge, and they're essentially going to be forced to enact uh, you know unnecessary force against a lot of people. 
Imagine uh, the average protesters in France. They don't have weapons. Uh, they are not looking to be militarized. They're not out there hurting people. They just want their voices to be heard. The violence gives the police the opportunity to come in with a heavy hand and uh, just crack down on people's freedoms, get them off the street. And essentially, it, it ends in additional and unnecessary tyranny as a result of that. Here is uh, what I believe to be a police vehicle that has been commandeered by some of these rioters, and it's being used to destroy things. Uh, the person who posted this, Paul Golding, says the, nad- the next Mad Max movies can be filmed in France. They certainly can. Here is another one. He says, France was at the forefront of Western civilization. Now it's on the verge of a civil war due to globalist policies. It's because a a cautionary tale, France riots. And you can see here, this is a montage of many videos. C'est quoi ce bordel, frère Oh yeah, and uh, also very similar to the Summer of Love in 2020. They are burning down police stations, they're burning down libraries, building down public buildings. Uh, they are taking over. This truly is a civil war. Now, Again, the really unfortunate part is that there are many good people in France who simply don't want their rights to be squashed. But as a result of this continued violence and mayhem and unrest at the hands of all of these Islamic immigrants that were allowed into the country uh, to settle. And uh, these are people who are demanding a jihad. They want to turn France into an Islamic state. That's basically exactly what they want to do everywhere. It's not different uh, than what we see in other parts of the world. So here we have some additional footage from above. You can see that the fires are intense. Uh, Apparently the firefighters are having difficulty putting out the blazes because there's so many of them. Check this one out. Uh, this is that police station that's set on fire. So, Freight Awakening says, always wanted to travel to France. Now, not so much. The sad part is this is all government-sponsored. Absolutely. If it wasn't for the fact that the governments of these European nations imported all of these Islamic immigrants with absolutely zero training, uh, zero 
onboarding, uh, no attempts to, to integrate them into society. Uh, they never would have gotten to the point that they did right now. If these people felt like French people, they wouldn't have gone around setting the country on fire. Now, I think that there is another layer to that. You know, I mentioned the uh, the restrictions, the taxes put in place by Emmanuel Macron. Very, very unpopular. I would not be surprised if what we're seeing here is is is, is ultimately state sponsored in the extreme, meaning that people are being paid. Rioters are being given weapons. They're being given uh, implements to create fires, make Molotov cocktails, uh, because, as I said earlier, this allows now for the French riot police to come in and crack down on freedoms, making people leave the streets uh, and uh, essentially taking away people's rights. Oh, yeah. And they have guns. Here you go. Check this out. Now, it has it has been reported in a number of different outlets that they have overtaken a number of police stations. So it stands to reason they could have gotten the weapons directly from those stations when they overran them and set them on fire. But it's also possible that they're being provided weapons, uh, considering the fact that uh, imams are calling for a jihad in France. Uh, perhaps weapons are being imported and put into the hands of these rioters. Here you can see a scene of complete and total mayhem, exactly like the summer of love here in 2020. Uh, people, rioters, surrounding vehicles, destroying them. Uh, I'm certain this vehicle will probably be set on fire before too long. Now, ah, uh, you know what? You know what was taken down? It was the video of cars being pushed out of a uh, parking lot. I can't believe that that one got taken down. Uh, maybe that video was fake, but it was it was from France. It looked real to me, and it showed vehicles being shoved out of this parking ramp into a main thoroughfare, exploding. And uh, let me go ahead here. Violence is spilling over into every suburb and every area of France, according to reports from those desperately worried about their safety. Prayers for the people of France. Going outside is now not possible as the French security services seem unable to cope and unconfirmed reports are suggesting that they are being told to hold back in fear of provoking further deaths or injuries that could damage Macron's image. There are growing calls within the European Parliament for the failing president to immediately resign and allow more competent leadership to get a grip on this dangerous situation. Yeah, it looks pretty bad. Let's let me just go ahead and search France and see if I can. Find that, uh, here we go. This is a video of, of vehicles being stolen from a car park. Actually, it looks like it's from a dealership. Wow. Okay, we saw that one. We saw that one. This is uh, that video of the skyline. The riot police coming in. Yeah, take a look at this. There was a coup in Russia, but not in France. I don't think so. Okay, man, I wish I would have saved that video of the cars being shoved out. That was such a good one. This is insane. This is a, a, a French woman, a middle-aged French woman. She is pleading with the riot police 
not to arrest the immigrants because racism. Salty Zero says, how much do we know of the police incident that started this? Were policies followed or was it intentionally done to create a crisis chaos? From what I understand, it was a clean stop. This kid was known to authorities. He had a criminal record. Like I said, he was 17. He was driving. Doesn't matter. He was driving for DoorDash or Uber or anybody. He didn't have a driver's license, and therefore he did not have the legal right to drive. So when the police pulled him over and attempted to detain him, he drove off in his vehicle. It sounds like he drove towards an officer because the kid was shot in the chest, and that's how he died. Um you know, I I, th- I don't think that they even needed to uh, to fake this kid's death or anything like that. I mean, all it was going to take was one spark for this powder keg to go off. Freight Awakening says, I wonder if any of those pukes were imported from Portland. They seem to have that soy physique. Either way, they are undoubtedly under the same Soros payroll. Yes, absolutely. George Soros is paying the exact same things. Look, and here is a guy getting beat to death. A white French man being beaten by immigrants from other countries. Look at this. This is insane. Driving a police van, shooting guns out. I mean, this looks like it's straight out of Afghanistan, you guys. Here's another video of buildings set on fire. We saw that one. We saw that one. We saw that one. Here is uh, the aftermath. The morning after, you can see burnt out husks of vehicles. Gosh. Yes. There we go. There's additional fires. The Marxist communist new world order is in full swing. Alo Akbar, we are not scared. We're Muslims, proud Muslims. If they try to kill us, we will turn them back. We are allowed. It is written in the Quran. And I, I, I just, I cannot support Islam uh, on its face because the teachings of Islam essentially uh, tell its practitioners that jihad is, uh, is a, it's approved. You can do it. I mean, you've got God's blessing. If the Christian Bible said that we had the rights to go out and just kill anybody who didn't believe us or, or didn't agree with us, uh, then the world would be in an uproar. And I know that the Crusades happened. Sure, there have been plenty of jihads as well. All religions on the face of the earth, maybe except for a few esoteric uh, New Age ones recently, have been engaged at some point in history in the murder of non-believers. That's just how it is. And of course, I don't speak French, so it doesn't matter. Here's the crazy thing. While the country is burning, Emmanuel Macron went to an Elton John concert. He was pictured with Elton John. He he was shown uh dancing with his uh his former school teacher, his wife uh in the crowd. Clearly this man is divorced from reality. Maybe that's part of it too. Maybe the French people need to take back their sovereignty. Here is um a little girl, a 12-year-old girl who was violently sexually assaulted, killed, and then stuffed into a suitcase by an Algerian immigrant. Now, this happened some time ago. Of course, there were no riots for this 12-year-old girl. Uh, there were only riots for the 17-year-old career criminal uh, who was driving when he wasn't supposed to. Now, nobody deserves to 
nobody deserves to die because they're driving a vehicle if they're uh, because they don't have a driver's license. But if you have the ability to use a car as a deadly weapon and the police kill you as a result of that, well, you know, may God have mercy on your soul. That's all I can say. This is three hours ago from Marseille. It's just absolutely insane. Here we go. This is a a nice little insight. Fourth consecutive nights of major rioting begins again. The weaponry used has seemingly become more sophisticated. Please understand these riots are different from the French protests, which occurred earlier in the year and which included millions of French patriots. That's right. Those initial protests in response to Emmanuel Macron taking more of the French people's money, 100% peaceful. You guys remember the yellow vests? No violence ever took place during the Yellow Vest protests, and yet the Yellow Vest protests were maligned in media all across the world, and especially in the French media. All it took was the uh, the killing, the justified killing of a 17-year-old criminal for the country to uh, set ablaze. These violent riots involving guns, grenades, and now included burning down of buildings and looting of shops. It's well documented that this brutal unrest is largely across Islamic communities, who saw a young 17-year-old shot by police this week. Please note this reaction versus the recent multi-stabbing, including babies in the park. Remember that? I don't even know if I talked about that. I was just too disturbed. An Islamic immigrant went to a park and stabbed a bunch of mothers and babies. Uh, And people were, you know, there was one guy, I guess, who helped out. But other people were just kind of watching, like, what the hell is going on? Like, just in total disbelief. Uh, Afraid Awakening, isn't Macron's wife a pedo? Yes, that's why I said she was his former school teacher. She was literally his school teacher, and then they got married. I thought I read that she seduced him when she was his teacher. I could be wrong. Something weird about that relationship. She must wear the pants. She is about 20 years older than him, something like that. So, yeah, uh, Emmanuel Macron ended up hot for teacher and, and married her. And I'm sure his parents were not happy. Oh, look at this. Here's an example of a uh, a young man in France. Look at this. You know, this is what happens when you don't have guns. They got knives. You can still kill people with knives. Look at this. Look at all these vehicles. Imagine the immense, the immense toll on the French psyche. All of the money wasted. These people want a war. Ah, here, here is a, a, a an Islamic iman calling for the conversion of France into a, uh, a, a an Islamic state. All right, so. I'm going to uh, I'm going to read the subtitles here because he's speaking in French or maybe it is said that in 2050 Muslims in France will outnumber the French, but it is not these numbers that we are counting on to turn France into an Islamic country. What we are counting on is that Muslims must have a country. That will bring Islam 
it's guidance, it's light, it's message, and it's mercy. Hell, hell, yeah, plenty of mercy to the people of the West through jihad for the sake of Allah. Jihad, through the righteous, ritualistic, religious killing. When people see the justness, light, guidance, and mercy of Islam, they will enter the religion of Allah in droves, as it says in the Quran, at the hands of a country that will bring them Islam through jihad for the sake of Allah. Not so long ago, only 400 years ago, at the time of the Ottoman state, Muslims conquered Poland and Austria. The Islamic State reached the walls of Vienna, the capital of Austria. And the call to prayer was recited there. All the countries of the former USSR were under the auspices of the Islamic State. The countries of the Caucasus and what is beyond them, Muslim Mongols ruled China until 1644 AD. Muslims conquered Hungary in 1526. In 1586, India was ruled by Islam. These events portend that the Islamic nation is capable of returning to its former self and spreading Islam Allah willing. Thus, the rule of Islam will spread to the entire world in one of three ways. Conversion to Islam, payment to the jizya poll tax, or we will ask for Allah's help and proof and <laughs> until the entire world is subject to the rule of Islam. That's insane. Absolutely insane. Yeah, here is Emmanuel Macron just living it up, living his best life at an Elton John concert while the country is burning, while his people are being murdered and maimed. And look at this. The history, the rich cultural fabric of France is being torn apart as Macron dances to Rocket Man. Good Lord. Okay, here is Donald Trump commenting earlier today. France is not about France. I wouldn't go to France. I wouldn't go to France because France is no longer France. France is no longer France. They won't like me for saying that. France is no longer France. And this world better be very careful. And they better get very tough and very smart. I wouldn't go to France. I wouldn't go to France either. I mean, he ain't wrong. He ain't wrong at all. The French police union has actually declared a civil war. It's us or the violent minorities. Let's take a look at that article here. MAGA is fighting back against the mob, and so are we. The situation in France has escalated alarmingly fast. Police are reporting that violent minorities are wreaking havoc across the country. Let me go ahead and go to this view right here. Setting things on fire, looting, and wreaking widespread destruction. The chaos erupted after a police officer shot a North African teenager who allegedly failed to cooperate. 
threatened the police, and sped off in his car. Sounds like he was asking for it. After round, found out. The current scene playing out in France looks a lot like the U.S. color revolution that was unleashed after George Floyd's death. It's almost as if there's a predetermined script that everyone's following. France is much smaller than the U.S., so their George Floyd revolution is hitting a lot harder. The situation has escalated to the point where police unions are now sounding civil war alarms, claiming they're dealing with an us-versus-them conflict. The French police have lost control of the streets and in frustration are cracking down on every infraction with maximum force. There you go. Case in point, as I said earlier, they are going to use this as an opportunity to take away the rights of law-abiding French citizens. I just want to point out these people that they're going so hard on, they're white. Like going so hard on people walking down the street when there are literally, literally terrorists with weapons that have been seized from French police stations, setting fires to buildings, blowing up cars, pulling French citizens from their vehicles and beating them to death. Look at this. They're firing on people. Let me just uh, take a look over here on the chat taking place over here on the foxhole. EO2Dave, thank you very much for the thousand gold pills. Sean Joe, thanks for that cookie. Doug Simey, thank you for the can. Empress says, my family in France are staying inside to avoid this shit. It is the foreigners doing it. Yes, it, it's all of those immigrants that they allowed to come in. Empress, thank you very much for the cookie. And another cookie, she says they have pushed them out of Paris, so they are attacking the suburbs. Yes, all of the suburbs surrounding the city of Paris have now been engulfed in flames. They are being rioted. They are being looted as well. Uh, and the Empress says that's what happens when you let the Muslims invade your country. Yeah, it's exactly what happens. I mean, take a look at that long list of Muslim conquerors that that imam was uh, rattling off. That's what happens. Emily UK says, hi, Red. Good to see you, mate. Good to see you as well, Emily. I'm really sorry that Tommy's not here. Empress says, uh, shoot those SOBs, all of them. Yeah, I have to agree with you. They should uh, they should take every single one of them out. There, there should be no mercy when it comes to this stuff. Rick Acer says, we have the scourge of Islam in London and throughout UK. They must be repatriated back to their countries of origin. Here's the thing. Their countries of origin are probably so different from the ones they left, and they've been spoiled by the treatment they've received in all of these Western European nations. So they will never go back. They will never want to go back. The best we can hope for is that these people uh, self-delete uh, or that as a result of the, the rioting and the lawlessness, they have to be deleted as a result of that. The goal is not to assimilate. It is to dominate. That is absolutely what they're doing. So that is it with that. Um, 
Yeah, so let me actually show you the uh, the two-minute trailer for uh, Silenced. That is the film Tommy put together. The story behind Silenced is that um, Tommy actually made this film a couple of years ago. And a judge told him that if he released it, he would be jailed. Now, I spoke with uh, my contact that was uh, uh, put me in touch with Tommy, and he said that he did just go back to the U.K., so there is a distinct possibility that Tommy Robinson has been arrested, you know, as soon as he stepped foot back into UK. Um, yeah, he left me a message a couple of days ago saying he returned back to England. It was the last I heard from him. I'm hoping he didn't forget. I, I know he saw my message earlier today. So, and we spoke about him being here on the show a number of times. So I can only imagine that something is going on. Um, you know, uh, this is not what we're seeing happening in France is the same type of thing that we've seen happening all across a, a variety of European nations, all of them with one thing in common, unrestrained Islamic immigration. These people coming from these war torn countries, being allowed to enter these nations, being given absolute authority and rights handed all kinds of free money all kinds of free treatment and it has allowed them to behave in some really awful and despicable ways and that includes the grooming and rape of children that's one of the things that tommy has really highlighted with his work in the uk let's go ahead and watch this trailer tommy went to the danish parliament and showed them the trailer for the film silenced right around the time that he was told by the uh, English authorities that he couldn't play it. Freight Awakening. Let, man, let me just say, Freight Awakening, I really, really appreciate all of the Super Chats, man. I can't tell you how much it means to me. I know that most people are just not in a position to donate, but everybody who does donate, you are really a lifeline because uh, things are tough. It's not just tough for me. I know it's tough for you guys, and so the fact that you're out there supporting the show, I can't tell you how much it means to me. He says, uh, this is their new way of doing lockdowns. I think you're right on. Uh, the COVID BS won't work anymore, so they make the streets uninhabitable via violence. This is coming to the U.S. closer to November 2024, in my opinion. I think you're probably right. I don't think that another COVID lockdown would work. And the only way that they can get people to stay inside is if there is violence. Well, if violence comes to my doorstep with violence, I shall respond. Let's go ahead and watch this. We are going into Danish Parliament to deliver a speech about free speech and the erosion of it and the importance of it. We're going to show a film called Silence, which is an absolute expose on the lengths that the state will go to to destroy anyone who challenges their narrative and wants to share the truth with people. afford to let free speech die. We cannot, and we will not, be silenced. (laughs) 
Thank you. Can I ask, after you watched that video, that, that film, what were, your, what were your views on that film? Jesus didn't have like you you what you having to go through with your with your children. You're gonna start me off, but you're gonna start me off. No, <laughs> no, I just and when you said that that the truth was worth it, it was like okay, thank you. Yeah, no, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And tell us more about how it can be worth it and, and you can keep going. That's what I want to know because that's what I doubt sometimes. He's absolutely right. The truth is worth it. Uh, that's why I do what I do. I think that's probably why you guys are here. I think that's why you do what you do in your daily lives as well. We have a mission, and that mission is to spread information that is worthwhile, to head propaganda off at the pass, and to stop these people from destroying our world. It's not just America. It's clear it's happening all around the world. Some places have gotten it worse than us. Uh, frankly, America has uh, has been spared much of the tragedy and the horror that we see in other parts of the world. Uh, I think that what we're going to do now, guys, because it doesn't seem like Tommy is uh, is going to be making it, at least not anytime soon, we're going to watch the documentary together. Uh, let me know if that's something you'd like to do. And we'll go ahead and watch it. And then perhaps after that, we can do a call in. You guys can uh, uh, call. We'll talk about whatever you want. Uh, but I think that this is probably the best thing to do. Uh, and uh, let me just go ahead and jump over here. Skywalker OG 14 says, love Red Pill 78. I love you too, brother. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for the support. Yeah. All right. And uh, thank you to... Just Duckies, who dropped a cookie. Sean Joe, who dropped a cookie as well. Chops ITMC says, Macron is no Charles Martel. No, he's he's not much of anything. Empress says, uh, because you are awesome, sweetie. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you, Empress. Sean Joe, thanks for the can and the cookie. And then Empress says, uh, moving to the boonies in Tennessee. I got myself two big boomsticks. Bring it. I effing dare you. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. Okay, awesome. So let me pull up my chair. I'm going to have a seat, and we're going to watch this together. Let me just get this over here. Okay, and here we go. Okay, all right, let's begin. The news is how we find out what's happening in the world. It's how we form our opinions. Opinions based on facts. That's the key. Facts. Facts should be delivered to you by journalists based on the truth. But what if what they're delivering you isn't the truth? What if it's stories that are manipulated to make you think a certain way, to follow a certain narrative, different people's agendas? And what do they do to those who go against that mainstream narrative? Those who try to expose the truth. This is a documentary about the lengths they will go to to shut down and silence anyone from bringing you, the British public, the truth.
And like I said, this is happening <clears throat> all across the world in every nation on planet Earth. They are working as hard as they possibly can to stop the truth. Now, it's what I understand is that Tommy and his family went through some horrific, horrific experiences as a result of that. I have to be honest with you. I know that um, I, I am one step away from being thrown in uh, a dark hole. And if they wanted to, they could come and do it right now. Um, I, I mostly feel safe, but uh, I know that at any point it could get so bad that that's where we end up. Um, Fredo says, uh, yes, let's watch the doc. Thanks for your appreciation of my appreciation for what you do. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much. All right. Honey, if you want to make some popcorn, you can come on in here with me. I lost my job over this. Non disclosure agreement. <laughs> He's a nasty little piece of shit. Swung the hockey stick over his head and hit me in the spine with it. Well, it's all dead, isn't it? This kid was out unconscious already. That's just malicious. I'm not standing, you're not going, but No, because no, what you're doing, I know what you're doing. Tommy, I am going to meet your kids, mate. This is a documentary about the unholy alliance between the media the justice system and our politicians. How they conspire to suppress free speech. How they pervert democracy and how the truth and your freedoms are just two of the casualties. We will show how the mainstream media deceives people. How they ignore the truth. How the lies of the virtue signaling BBC, ITV and Channel 4 are all about their poisonous agenda. No matter the cost to innocent people. It's also a documentary about how an everyday playground incident between two young lads was spun into global news at a terrible cost to so many people not least the two young lads themselves we will show how the law is being abused how people driven by hateful ideologies attempt to intimidate and silence anyone who dares to challenge the so-called progressive so-called liberal narrative we will show the foolishness of our fear-driven political leaders who jumped on a story took a side without knowing the truth or worse still knowing it but hiding it, because the truth didn't fit their narrative, regardless of the human cost. And we'll ask three important questions. Firstly, is the media accountable to anyone, in any way, for what they report? Years after the Leveson inquiry, has anything changed, or do they continue to act with impunity? Secondly, is our legal system still fit for purpose? We will show how lawyers who hate Britain but love jihadi warriors have weaponized the law system against us and how the legal system really only works for the rich. And finally, how do we keep our politicians accountable? If the police, the courts and the state can silence anyone for speaking inconvenient truths, truths that may raise questions about government policy, is the UK any different from China, Russia or Iran in their treatment of dissidents. And of course, for Piers Morgan, for Jeremy Fine, for the BBC, ITV and Channel 4, it's a tutorial on journalism. Keep watching it, you'll learn a lot. Our story appears to start and end in a brief playground incident at Ormondbury Community School in Huddersfield. A playground scuffle. One boy poured a bottle of water on another child, the school dealt with it, and that should have been that. Three weeks later, however, a video clip of the incident surfaced, and within hours, with the help of lawyers and the ignorant rantings of ITV's Piers Morgan and the BBC's Jeremy Vine, it was made into global news event. And the lives of so many people were turned upside down. Such playground incidents happen every day. So why was this spat between two boys transformed 
into global news. Well, one of the boys was white, and the other, a Syrian refugee. At which point the truth of the matter was buried beneath an avalanche of agendas and opportunism. Within hours, the Race Hate Brigade was sharpening their blades. Well, clearly when somebody comes from Syria, fleeing Assad's regime, coming to a place like this, when they get treated that way, that's an issue. And the whole world is looking at us. Where are we? We're in Almondbury. Do I say the scene of the incident? Is it a scene in, is the incident? It's the scene of the great lie. I call it the great lie because this lie was pushed around the globe. Yeah? This here is the school where the world was told a Syrian refugee was waterboarded by a racist English bully. It was in a playing field here. And do you know what? This is the first time I've been here. Because when this blew up on the news, it's a child's school. Kids are in school. I didn't come outside here. You see the scenes outside here where the Imam was here with mobs of men, yeah? Mobs of Muslim men. Extremists travelled up from London, such as Ali Dawa, to cause a scene outside this, this kid's school. Anyway, but I'm here. Why am I here? I'm here because I face a court case. I'm being prosecuted. It's gone, it's gone to the High Court. And I have to prove, I made a video stating that it was a lie. Stating that Jamal wasn't innocent. And telling some facts about Jamal beating up girls. And incidents that I'd been warned about by the members of this community to tell the truth about what happened at this school. I've got to prove it in court. So, I've come to Huddersfield. I'm now going to knock. I need to find witnesses. I've got addresses for many. Um, I need to knock and talk to them and see who I can get to come to court to help me prove to you the public, this is about as much as proven in court as proving to you, the British public, that I was the only journalist in the country who told the truth about what happened in this community. You guys, uh, real quick, before we continue on with the show, uh, I need to actually give a shout out to the sponsor of the uh, next half of this program, uh, and that would be our friends over here at uh, Virtual Shield. Virtual Shield 1 is a suite of software and programs for your computer that will allow you to stay safe online and uh, to protect your valuable information. It's a complete privacy suite that includes identity protection, fraud monitoring, social security protection, uh, <clears throat> ad blocking, and malware, plus you get the industry-leading VPN they are famous for. Plus, they will monitor the dark web for you to see if your social security number, address, phone number, or bank accounts are being exposed, and they will alert you immediately. So go to my special website in the description of this video, virtualshield.com forward slash redpill78. You can get a free 60-day trial, and I want to thank Virtual Shield once more for sponsoring the program. Okay, and here we go. You were told. You were told that a vulnerable Syrian child refugee had been bullied and waterboarded by a nasty white boy. You were told it was a racist attack. You were told of the dangers of far-right extremism. You were invited to agree that this kind of intolerance could not be tolerated. Was he vulnerable? Was it a racist attack? Our evidence shows the answers to both these questions was no. Was the Syrian lad waterboarded? Why was this word used? What about this? <laughs> was that waterboarding? Take a look at this. It shows a group of non-white children beating up a white girl. It went viral online, but it wasn't touched by the mainstream media. It wasn't made 
into a global story. Why not? Meanwhile, the usual suspects had lit the fire and were gleefully stoking the flames. Everybody was exposing the scumbag that did this, who I hope gets severe retribution. And of course, the politicians. They're always quick to jump on the bandwagon. Theresa May, Sajid Javid, Naz Shah, Nicholas Soames, Winston Churchill's grandson. Such moral outrage. And it's not just the media and the politicians. In today's Twitter and Facebook driven worlds where celebrities and groups compete to virtue signal, most of them driven by the warm feeling they get by expressing their moral outrage or by fear. The fear of what might happen to them if they don't. Everyone who's anyone pumped the Bailey Jamal story. Boxers, Lennox Lewis, Huddersfield Football Club, celebrities from across the globe. Let's have a look at all of the celebrities and blue tick brigade who pumped the Jamal story. And here are some of the people who pumped the story you watched earlier of the white girl getting beaten up. Crickets. Sadly, whether it's politicians, celebrities or other groups, none of them are wise enough or pause long enough to ask whether they have the whole story, to check the facts, to find the truth. But why let the truth get in the way of such a good story. And this story was just too good a story. Two lads in a playground scrap is not international news. But racist white fug, waterboards, helpless Syrian refugee, boom! Racism can't be tolerated, beware of the far right. That's their kind of story. We'll hear more about the militant left later, but they clearly weren't gonna miss out on this. Well, we're, re we're re representing might be too harsh a word, but I'm 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 I'm, I'm here as as a concerned citizen. Mohammed Amin Pandor, a mufti on a mission, he rushed to Ormanbury from his mosque in Bali, a town at the far end of the district. In fact, there's 40 mosques closer to this school. But perhaps Mufti Pandor had his own agenda. You see, his little brother, Councillor Shabir Pandor, is the leader of Kirklees Council in Huddersfield, and they were having some pretty bad news days at that time. By the way, Mufti Pandor, he's the same guy who ordered the Islamic mob to come to the school in Batley and demand the sacking of the RE teacher who showed a cartoon of Mohammed in a discussion about free speech. Look look at what we do as a community and you'll understand our stance. So what has happened is totally unacceptable. Yeah, And we have made sure that the school understands that. The teacher has been suspended. The teacher has been suspended. You may recall the teacher had to flee and he's still in hiding under police protection. Luckily, he hasn't ended up like Samuel Patty, the French teacher who was beheaded for having a similar discussion in a classroom about free speech. You see, free speech is essential for any society wishing to maintain intellectual and social progress. But not all societies are bothered about intellectual and social progress. Should we be silenced by the demands of Mufti Pandor and Sharia law? Should we sacrifice our freedom of speech? Should we sacrifice the free and open exchange of ideas? Should we sacrifice the cultural inheritance of which we are all custodians? But back to the bad news days in Kirklees and the playground incident in 2018. There was also Kirklees councillor Masood Ahmed. I'm not aware of 
there's a problem at the school that's something obviously I need to find out in terms of that if there is a problem at the school and that is something I will definitely be picking up now some of you may remember this Michael is going to explain what's going to happen next right I'm being arrested I am being arrested. Causing a breach of peace. I'm, of, right, course the a, of, the, uh, I'm be, of course, a breach of peace. I'm yeah, being arrested. Yeah. But the content of what you're uh, just streaming. Just the content of what I'm streaming. What I'm, told, I'm being arrested for breach of the peace. I'm being arrested yeah. for breach of the peace. You've all watched this. You've all watched this. You've all watched this. You've all watched this. Can you get me a slitter? Can you get me a slitter? Can you just turn off your light feet? Can you get me a slitter? Do you understand what I just said? Well, Dad, can you explain it again? What, what does that mean? What, what does that mean? At the same time as this playground spat between two young lads, 20 Huddersfield men were being jailed across Yorkshire at Leeds Crown Court for what would be the biggest grooming gang Britain has ever seen. Ultimately, 35 almost exclusively Muslim men would be given 380 years in prison for grooming, trafficking and raping young children, most of whom were known to Councillor Pandora's Kirklees Council. Mufti Pandora travelled for half an hour to rabble-rouse a gang outside the school gates over this playground incident. When within a couple of mile radius in Batley, police have arrested a further 99 men in relation to historic sex crimes. So far, 32 have been charged, including one Ibrahim Pandor, 41 of Batley. That makes it the highest destination of grooming gang arrests anywhere in the UK. We Google to see what Mufti Pandor has said about these grooming gang atrocities. Nothing. We Google to see what Councillor Masood Ahmed's condemnation. Nothing. In fact, we can't find the condemnation from the Mufti's brother either, Councillor Shabir Pandor, leader of the council. Just one statement from him, reported in June 2019, telling the National Working Group of Child Sexual Exploitation Response Unit that his authority had moved forward. That's it. They've moved on. Never mind grooming gangs, gang rape of young children. All these men seem to be far more concerned about what happened in a playground at Ormelbury Community School. Or about cartoons of their prophet, Muhammad. Hold on, before we continue, let me just get a jihad put on myself. Muhammad cartoon. All right. There we go. Now, Red Pill 78. Oh, you guys can't even see it. Oh, shoot. Shoot. <laughs> oh, no. No. Hold on. Why did that happen? Uh, there we go. There we go. Okay. There we go. Uh, jihad on Red Pill 78. All right. Now, obviously, I don't want a jihad on myself, but this is uh, just a demonstration of how ridiculous it is that uh, these people are up in arms over a simple depiction of a historical figure. Uh, and, I, you know, and mom, I know you don't like it when I say what I said earlier, but I think it has to be said because that's what we're fighting against. We are fighting against the wholesale destruction of our nation and our rights, our natural rights that are bestowed upon us at conception by God. The right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and the Bill of Rights, which are given to us by the forefathers of this nation, which includes freedom of speech. They want to destroy freedom of speech. They want to destroy our ability to speak the truth. And they have no problem silencing people, as you saw in the case of Tommy, when he was arrested simply for attempting to cover those grooming gangs that had been busted. 
The authorities in the UK don't want people to understand or accept the fact that these children are being victimized and raped by immigrants coming in from these Islamic nations because these children are not Islamic because they are infidels. It is perfectly acceptable under the teachings of the Quran to not only murder and molest them, but to essentially use them in any way that they see fit. It's disgusting. And uh, I, I think it has to be highlighted. I think I now realise how difficult this is going to be because everyone we've spoke to today, they're all confirming what I said was true. Everyone's confirming what Jamal was like, including school staff. But as soon as I mention this camera, as soon as I mention court, I need someone to come to court, they just totally silence travel. No, we, no, no one can know I've said that. I need to show the public everything I've heard today. I need the public to hear and know the truth. I need them to know how much they've been lied to by the media about what happened in this town. And uh, the only way, unfortunately, the only way I'm going to be able to do that is with hidden cameras. Because today, I've heard the truth, but I need everyone of you to know the truth. And everyone's too scared. That's why I said Project Fear. Everyone is too scared to speak the truth or to come to court. So I'm going to end up getting, I'm going to end up getting hammered in court. The whole world told I've lied when I haven't. I was the only journalist in the UK who told the truth. So we need to prove it. So we'll shoot down the motorway now. We'll go get these hidden cameras. These are all, so this is a tie. There's a camera in that. That's the camera. Mad, isn't it? That's the camera there. Okay, so I just want to highlight here, he, he's going to the town to interview people about the temperament of that innocent Syrian refugee that was, quote, waterboarded by the 15-year-old British uh, schoolboy. Uh, and this is the reason why this movie got shut down, because he recorded people on hidden camera and the judge simply could not allow for the truth to get out about who this boy was and the way that he behaved in school. And so that's why he said you cannot show this film anywhere. And the film was not technically released by Tommy Robinson. It got out into the wild here in America. It was uploaded to Rumble, and that's why we're able to watch it right now. So this is also the reason why I was saying I hope that nothing has happened to Tommy, because he went back to the U.K., and it's very likely that he could have been thrown in jail as a result of stepping foot back into that country even though British courts have no jurisdiction here in the United States. So we continue. This today, that's the camera. I'll have to take this off, but it doesn't matter because apparently this records all the audio, records everything. That's the camera, and I feel a little bit dirty doing this. But it is the only way I'm going to get people to speak. And then I need you to hear what I hear. The idea that people would maraud the streets looking for him was appalling. The fact that the video itself, um, although it showed the accumulation of things that are built up to that, um, did not deserve what happened to him or to anybody else in that situation. And I'm afraid the media, uh, I call it a perfect storm. I was getting uh, emails from Pakistan, from Australia, from America, telling me to resign. So it went worldwide, and I'm afraid I came into teaching to help poor people, and they got rid of me. 
I've got a problem here. Um, I lost my job over this. And as a result, the council has told me that I cannot speak to anybody ever about it. So I can't discuss it, I can't discuss it with the media. I've always wanted to have my say, Against it, yeah. which I've never had, um, never been allowed to have, never been allowed to say goodbye to my staff, they're just told to leave. So I've worked there nearly 30 years, at, tw sorry, 20 years, and never got a card, never got a goodbye. This whole thing was just used. The whole thing was used yes. to push them in and the hijacked and by, by, by the right of the political, I'm quite a political person, by yeah. the right and the left, it was hijacked and spun all out of proportion and now we've got problems. But essentially what, I thought, when you meet is a wall of silence. What a so mess. It is a, it is a mess, but, but it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy for Bailey. Um, I'm not sure Jamal will get anything out of this ever in his life uh, positive out of it either, necessarily. He might have, he might have got a few uh, silver coins from Judas, but that's about it. You know, that, that's it. The thing is, that the incident happened six weeks prior, or weeks prior, and they're on the same day at the same time. I've looked at the timings. The GoFundMe set up, the statement's released. Yeah, now you see you're putting the picture together. And then they built up. I couldn't comment on that, but you've got a, you've got a picture there. Already, that's gold, yeah? I know that's gold. All I hope, I hope that's recorded. I can't turn a computer on. So I just pray that's got the audio and the visual, and it's not pointing up there, that we've got it, because that was the head teacher. And that's the first visit. And I know this is going to work. This is exciting. Was there a racism problem in the school? And well, no, I, I, no. Don't, I, I don't think um, there was. Well, so what about other Syrian refugees? Like, do, do you think what happened to Jamal yeah. in the school was because he was a Syrian refugee? No, not at all. I told you before that that would have happened no if, the, if the child was white, big, blue, whatever colour. They're all scared. Yeah. There's a lot of careers, aren't there? Oh. I work for a probation service now. You do now? Yeah. So I don't know where I stand with it. If I go, I could lose my job. So they seem to be pretty keen on these NDAs. Yeah. Who is that? Turkey Council. But I can't disclose that with you. Like what? Lords. I'm saying I can't disclose it because I, yeah. I signed it. That incident was talked about by Theresa May at a G20 summit. We asked her a question about it. We were then offsteaded by five of the top inspectors in the country. But then we found one registered inspector. We had the head of safeguarding. We had, I had Amanda Spielman, the head of offset, speaking to me about it. If you want my honest opinion, they said, get up there, this is, I don't know who they is, yeah. get up there and shut that school. Get up there and get rid of this. Get rid of the problem. Over the pain. Correct. Over your mouth. Correct. Get up there and get, out, get rid of it. But why do you think that is? Well, do you think, because I looked at Jamal, Jamal, because he came here two years ago, I've got so many negative things said about him now by so many people. Well, I mean so many. Well, I mean, I've got, I've got children at school. Jamal, before. Yeah. We had nine Syrian children, nine families. Yep. We only had one issue. My, my view is yeah. that you won't get much of an answer out of problems. You work there and you're bound by various confidentialities, so... Non-disclosure agreements. Mm. Do you get paid as well? Not paid to They all have. Every teacher got paid not to tell the truth. But the head teacher can't even talk about Jamal at all. No, neither can I. Neither can you. What's your name? 
Well, if you work it out, it must be a good one, must Oh, yes. Yeah. Did you work there as well? No, I was the chair of governors there. But, so, it's, it's not... What my issue is... You're not going to get anywhere, really. No, 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 yeah. And Rob wouldn't talk to you either, so it's... They're trying to... It's pointless me even giving you... I told, but I told the truth. Your contact details. Okay. Work I told the truth about what happened that day. I am not even arguing. His life was destroyed. Well, that's not fair either, is it? As a racist bully, he won't. And he wasn't. I know. And I both know that. I know. But the truth is just... How much money is it? I can't see the figure because if I see the figure, okay. it goes out. Because, mate... 18. 18. Paid him off. Silenced. Well, the head teacher's told us already that he was blackmailed and threatened. I've just found out of Kumar. He was paid £18,000. Wow. Paid... He said, I can't say, shh, I signed, I, I was paid. So paid what? He was paid money by the local council, so he can't tell the truth about what's gone on in that school. They, they have to give everyone non-disclosure agreements, from school staff to governors, to, and, and Paul Kumar to get £18,000. He's not even involved. Silencing everybody. So no. Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting mode, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com fighterflare.com
human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today, and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. This is forever, once you sign that agreement, no one can ever tell the truth. While they pushed this manufactured lie that destroyed lives, schools, communities, everyone's life. I've seen life after life after life, person after person's life destroyed. While the council, your local council, Kirkley's council, give away hundreds of thousands of pounds to make sure that the truth can never be told. I can't believe it. I knew from day dot, I asked myself the question, when this was blowing up and I knew the truth, I kept saying, how come no teacher's telling the truth? If all those teachers know what's gone on in that school, how come none of them are coming out and saying, well, now we know. Now the whole world's going to know. Because Coakley Council paid them not to. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's insane. Imagine how much money they spent just to keep people silent. Jamal was in New Year? Yeah, um, he was in the same year as me. What was his... What was Jamal's attitude like in school? Um, he wasn't very nice. He called female teachers bitches. Um, he just didn't really have respect for the female students, to be no. honest. Not um, surprising. Yeah, basically, we were in a PE lesson, and um, we were playing hockey with a teacher called Mr. Cattell, and I had taken the hockey puck off of Jamal because I was on the other team, and sent it to the other side of the room where my teammates were and I then turned around and just felt a really sharp pain in my back and he'd swung the hockey stick over his head and hit me in the spine with it. Is there, psycho. Do you think there's any way that could have been an accident? No. It knocked me to my knees. It knocked you to your knees. How, how long had Jamal been at school when this happened? Uh, about two weeks. I ha- I've had lasting injuries from it. It's caused me to have severe pain in my top, in the top of my back and um, I'm on medication for the pain. Still now? Yeah. Wow. Did Jamal get in trouble for this? Um, not that I'm aware of. First I want to apologise to anyone I've been forced to record with a hidden camera. Sadly, people are terrified to tell the truth because of the potential consequences. But the truth still needs to be told. Do you, know, do you remember of any, any incident specifically with Jamal with dogs? Well, do you remember know that one where he, he, that girl with hockey stick, wasn't it? Yeah, Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. I think of her name then. Yeah, you must go. Lovely little girl, that. Yeah. Um, it was just rude to him, obnoxious, bloody nasty. No respect for ladies, no respect for girls. Yeah. Because I was like, he was like to the side of me, so he like tried like pushing me and, and like, so I quickly moved out there because obviously I knew what it was like, he would have actually hit me and stuff. Mm. So I moved and then he like, that's when he like moved his arms if he was going to try to slap my face, like, back. Okay. And he tried, but he did, uh, but on that day he spat at you multiple times. Mm. Where'd the spit go? Like literally all on my uniform outside and all down the school bag. Because when I went home I told mum that my mum were disgusted in it, but the school said that because that, it was outside of school time. <laughs> Okay. He's a nasty little piece of shit. Was he? Yeah. And Dad, and I told you to listen to that when she rung me. Okay. Horrible boy. Was he? Yeah. And it's all that. 
What was he like at school then? Nasty. To everybody and anybody. He just he, he had no respect for women at all. None. Did he even snap? Jamal grabbed him by his tie, which just threw him against the wall, cracked his head open against back at wall and just kept throwing him against the wall. This kid was out unconscious already. Wow. That's just malicious. Int that's just intent to kill. Were they? They had um, a young lad and a girl and they were absolutely, they were horrendous. The kids, they were just horrific. The, the couple of kids that they had, they used to bully the kids. What, Jamal? Like yeah. See, what was, um, what was Jamal like though? The dickhead. Was he? He spent, he, he came to isolation a few times. He wasn't, he wasn't perfect child. No, no. Yeah, he I, was betrayed? I, well, you know what job I did, don't you? He was in isolation? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In isolation other times. Well, he, 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 he used to lie, lie a lot. But this whole thing was built off what he said, and if he lied a lot, it's a big problem. Was he? He was quite a violent person. He, he was a violent person? Yeah. Like, so I was a year below, and he was a year above. Yep. He used to say, every time I walked past him, I grabbed him in. Every time he walked past him? What about, um, your mum said something about he put something in between his hands? Oh, yeah. It was a compass. I remember that yesterday, just as he went. <laughs> it was a compass. He's got. He got a compass and he was going around like, when he got to me, he went proper hard to me, made me bleed and everything. And I think it was Miss Ennis that proper gave him a talk telling off. Okay. Well, there are testimonies from several children who alleged they were being bullied by him. Younger children. Little girls. Mostly girls. Is Jamal the innocent victim? You've been told. I gathered these testimonies over just a few hours filming in Huddersfield. I could have carried on. Yeah, I was waiting outside isolation to be the yellow. And I'll about the noise. Yeah, I'll say about Joanne, he used to tell Fibs that several times he got investigated, um, and it just fucking turned out to be fucking lies. The fact he always lied is a big point. The fact that you know that the police, the, the school investigated incidents where he said things happened, yeah. and they turned out to be made up. Yeah, it was Fibs. It couldn't have happened. It could have happened because of, 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 I think there one, the child wasn't even in school that he accused. I can remember. I know he said a couple of things to the kids. Yeah. You know, about what he was going to do to sisters and what have you. To, to, to Bailey. To Bailey and yeah. to others. I went to others. But not a very nice boy. When you say, what was he going to do to the sisters? Well, he told Bailey he was going to rape them. Told Bailey he was going to rape his sister. Mm. Just to see what he was genuinely like. No, not a nice lad. Oh, right. And I've tried to argue that it was in the public's interest for him to know the truth about Jamal. Oh, no, no. Well, was just retaliating. Yeah. You know, which most people do with somebody fighting with their sisters. Yeah. Younger. Yeah. Bullet. Jamal, who Jamal? Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's what I'm fine now. Yeah. Uh, that's what I remember. He said he was going to stab him with something with science or something. Yeah. I remember. He said, yeah, so he goes, come on then. What are you saying now? Because that thing of him getting caught with a knife in school, it's like, what? Caught with a knife and a screwdriver? Yeah. Bailey gets his belt for pouring a bottle of water. Yeah. What the fuck? Surely he gets... You've got a statement on that. Uh, no, because it, there's things missing. But I've got, I've got his dad mentioning it in the minutes in the meeting. His dad mentions it in the meeting with the school. His dad mentions about them catching him with a knife and a screwdriver. His, da his dad brought it up. I've got it, I've got it in black and white. Yeah, so you've got a good case there. I've got, I've got it, yeah, he got caught with a knife. They, they can't deny it. You see... The truth was there for the media. It was there for celebrities and politicians to see. They could have told you the truth at the time. Before some of you gave over £160,000 of your money wow. to the poor victim, Jamal. Well, not so poor anymore. But none of this was true. A key part of this case is that I reported 
what I was told. Before my involvement in this story, a mother went online and said her daughter had been attacked by Jamal. I contacted that mother. She sent me images of her daughter. She said her little daughter was beaten by three Muslim girls and that Jamal jumped in and bit her daughter on the head. She sent me images of the bite marks on her daughter's head. I said, can I speak to you? Can I interview you? I rang the mother, but the child was too scared to talk to me. Too scared. Oh, no, everyone's scared. A girl went online and said that she had been attacked by Jamal. Both of these victims deleted their comments. Why? Both of these victims had gone online and reported this before my involvement at all in this case. I simply reported what they were saying. We revisited the mother's house to try and get confirmation as to why she backtracked on the story she had put out and the story she had told me. I don't care if you're driving, Tommy Robinson's there. <laughs> Tell her not to worry, don't worry. He said don't worry. Yeah. So when you, when you put online about Jamal, what, yeah. what, what happened? Like what did you, rec- what, what happened, what was the response to that? I mean, did you receive, did you receive any... Did I receive threats, yeah, I did. What sort of threats? Uh, rape, all sorts, all sorts, Tommy, all sorts. And I'm just, because I want to understand is, is that, um, and is that, because what I've, what I've looked at, and then, because J- Jamal's solicitors are using a statement that you made, saying that, oh, Jamal had nothing to do with it, but was that, I'm asking, is that was that in response to the fr- refresh you, see, you received? Yeah. It was. Okay. I don't feel safe at school. Sometimes I say to my dad, I don't want to go to school anymore. I was just crying, and I didn't do nothing because I respect the school rules. <laughs> he was put up on a pedestal by every single media outlet, politicians, footballers, celebrities, boxers, everybody. He's suing me for defamation for what I've said about him. All I'm knocking on the door and asking teacher after teacher after teacher is what was Jamal like? And it's just flowing. It's just boom. And he was far worse than anything I said. Far worse. I find it insane. Because there is no way that all the things I'm now finding out that no other journalist has found this out. They must have known what it was like because it hasn't been hard. Portrayed Paul Bailey was disgusting. It really was. Cole, because that's what I spoke to loads of people who said, no, Bailey wasn't a bully. No, he wasn't. He wasn't racist. His mum had a bit of a graph, don't get me wrong, because they used to live up here. Yeah. Um, Bailey wasn't like that at all. He had two half caste sisters, so how could he have been with dad, you know? But Bailey wasn't racist. So you were told Bailey was a bully and he was a racist. He wasn't a saint in school. He'd be the first to admit that, but he wasn't a bully or a racist. The police concluded there was nothing racist about the scuffle, yet you were told he was vermin. You were told he needed to be dealt with. He was vilified by the media, by politicians and by celebrities. Bailey a bully, Bailey a racist. Not according to his teachers and other children, not according to his head teacher of his school. He was, he was a 15-year-old kid, yeah. and he would have been, could be, have a great future. He's a very articulate lad. He's got a lot of issue about justice. 
yeah, I think, you know, I could have seen him being a lawyer or something like that because he had that in him. Really? Yeah. And he would stand up for his peers in school where he felt things were. Yeah. 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 You know, he would do that. But Bailey didn't even get to sit his GCSEs because of this campaign of hate, this perversion of the truth. What about Jamal's broken arm? Which the world was told was because of bullying. Eh, that was a lie. School incident reports record that he had been punching a much younger child in the face while holding him in a headlock, and he was pushed off him, fell and broke his arm. The police considered the incident to have been dealt with it properly. He started calling him a white fat bitch and stuff, and then he like... He started calling you my mate. A white fat bitch. A white fat bitch. And then uh, I went up to him, and then he... Like, I took, I took the bottle at him, and then he put me in a headlock, and then my mate pushed him off me. And I believe that's how he broke his arm. Yeah. There's all sorts of misconceptions, like the fact that he had a broken arm. Uh, oh, I've got two independent witnesses now. No, he hit a year eight kid. And another kid in year 11 stepped in and said, what are you doing? Pushed him over. Broke his arm. Who he had in the headlock. He was, must have been just start of year 11, put this kid in a headlock. One of my friends, weren't having it, didn't like how he was behaving, behaving. grabbed him and just threw him off him. Like any, like anyone do break up a fight, they just like throw him off him. But this wasn't a fight. This was just an all-out brawl, one-sided, completely one-sided. Because this kid had no match against Jamal. Just threw him off him, and he How landed on the curb. How big was the kid? Uh, Jamal was in year eleven. Yeah, half, half the size of Jamal easily. Okay. You know, I know he was twelve and Jamal mm. was fifteen. Mm. But it was like kind of like half size-ish, kind of like up to the shoulders kind of thing. Yeah. But he still had no match against him. And my friend just grabbed him, threw him off him, and he landed on a curb. And that was like it. So, I've read it reported in by Jeremy Vine and in the newspapers that mm. that was an incident of Jamal being bullied. No. Exact opposite. He was bullying this kid. So, you see, people thought that was all part of it. But that's... Okay. Do you know why they... Can somebody be thrown to floor with your broken arm? But do you know why they, do you know why they thought it was part of it? Because the solicitor said it was. No, well, it's, that's not true. That genuinely is not true. I could even name it, I won't, but I could name the child in year 8 and he did it to him. And I could name the child in year 11 that stepped in. So someone stepped in Because to basically the school, school was a, a pretty good place, kids had good values. So if you saw a bigger kid, it's a little kid. He'd step in and say, what are you doing? Yeah, nothing. And we even had it where... Do you know what he said to the year 8 kid? No. Called his mum a white slag? Yes. Now I've got that on camera as well. Now you say it, yes, he would have done that, and that would have been incredibly provocative for them. Even in his statement to court, Jamal claims they were forced to relocate from Huddersfield for their own safety, to a different part of the country. Really? Because the records say there was no most racial motivation, and there was no threat at home. That's what the records say. And this is why the authorities, they refused to move them. And while all this was going on, Records also show that his dad, Jihad, yeah, his dad's name is Jihad, he'd threatened to kill himself if the rest of his family weren't brought in from Syria. It's not surprising that some authorities expressed concerns that Jihad Hijasi was trying to manipulate the system to get what he wanted, including better housing. You were not told the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. You weren't told anything approaching the truth by the mainstream media. And in Jihad Holy War's statement to the court, Jihad said that he wished he had died in the war with his family rather than go through what happened at Almondbury Community School. Really? 
He wished he was dead and all his family were dead rather than go through this school playground incident. You sure about that? You sure about that? You sure about that? You Listen to the clip again. Listen to what Bailey's saying. He's asking Jamal repeatedly, what are you saying now? It wasn't a random attack. It wasn't a racist attack. Bailey didn't threaten to stab Jamal. The playground incident was not the beginning of the story. It was a culmination of many events. Not least, it was a response to Jamal's alleged threats to rape Bailey's younger sisters. They're about nine years old at the time of this. So as a girl at that school, when you saw the portrayal of what happened with Bailey and him, because uh, he was painted as this innocent little kid. He wasn't innocent. It's out in everyone. It's out in everyone. I used to see him bully Bailey's little sisters and stuff, so... Everybody was exposing the scumbag that did this, who I hope gets severe retribution. Oh, gosh. I have a special uh, treat for Freight Awakening, you guys. Uh, this is the latest advertising campaign from Bud Light. This is the commemorative Jamal can, which you can only get in Huddleston, UK. Uh, you may be able to uh, find one on eBay or something like that, but there you go. This is, uh, th this is what we're going to be getting from Bud Light here very, very soon. Testing, testing. You guys can hear me now. Okay. I hope his parents take action, right? Never mind anything else. What, 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 what are you producing here with this vermin doing what he's doing here? That's not Britain. That's not what we do as a country. You can hear him there describe Bailey as vermin. Words are important when you're on a daytime platform and, and people listen to what you say. What do you do to vermin? You exterminate. You kill it. Low life. You called him a thug. But worst of all, he demanded severe retribution against this child. At the same time as this, Jeremy Vine was reporting. He didn't tell people the bully's name, although he was finding it hard not to name a child. Instead, he told his followers where they could find that name. Now, this is a direct response of both of your reporting. Because when you reported, you can follow the timeline and the repercussions of what that bore. What I've done here... In 2018, there's a charity called Tell Mama that records Muslim hate incidents. They, even though they've been, in the past, penalised for exaggerating the figures, let's, go, let's work off their figures. They say there are over a 1,000 hate incidents, with 325 of them being online. Some of them Islamophobic, which means criticising Islam as well. Here, I've printed a piece of paper for each one of those hate incidents. 300 and 27 hate incidents online against the entire Muslim community of the UK in 2018. The 325 Islamophobic comments, they're the ones you read about on the news every day. They're the ones people are in jail for. They're the hate incidents the media keeps shoving down your throat. So each piece of paper here represents 
a hate comment aimed at a child after a playground dispute. I want to read these now. Piers, you demanded severe retribution. That's what you demanded against this child. Let's see if you're happy with some of this. I pray someone rapes you and your whole family while you watch. Fuck your mother, fuck your love, the Syrians will rape your family. If I saw you, I would rape you to death. There really seem to be highlighting the idea of raping a young boy quite a bit. I don't know, is that something that has to uh, do with this particular culture? It seems like they're very interested in rape. You'll be raped by the Fallujian group. I hope your mother will not be racist when she is raped. I'm going to bum your nan alive, then dead her again. Wow. And the threats of rape, all of these threats of rape, imagine being these children. Imagine being a 15-year-old child living in Huddersfield with your little sisters. Muslim men are jailed in the biggest scandal in 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 the history of our country for mass rapes in that town. And then you're receiving and you're reading these messages. You're going to die. You're going to fucking die. We're going to strangle your mum, your dad, your friends. I'll kill your whole family. I can't wait to find you so I can slit your throat. You're the person who should be killed in those ISIS videos. You, your parents and your whole family have to be burned. Do everyone a favour and fucking off yourself. Looking at you makes me want to commit suicide. Go commit suicide, you, you oxygen thief. Jump off a bridge, bro. Do humans a favour and kill yourself. We don't want you and you don't belong in this world. Again, imagine being that child reading them. Piers, is that severe enough for you? This is a mental health record for Bailey McLaren. Bailey was referred to Luton Cams by Luton and Dunstable Psychiatry Liaison on the 31st of December 2018. Reason, patient involved in incident in Huddersfield and has been relocated to Luton with family. Patient unable to cope with not returning home and has taken an overdose. So this lie, this narrative, this agenda, which comes before anything else, by the politicians, by the media, that was pumped, this child, it doesn't matter. His life didn't matter. You know, if he killed himself, no one would have cared. We wouldn't have heard condemnation from any of the politicians or or from any of the media. No one cared. Because everyone from start to finish in this story is collateral damage, so long as they have the narrative. And Piers, you have a son, you have children, demanding severe retribution against a child for a school playground dispute is unforgivable. You sit there and you preach. You preach against us, you you make your accusations against me. Never have I labelled Muslim children as vermin. Never have I demanded my followers to commit severe retribution against anybody. And this is what the media, the politicians and the celebrities created. Aided and abetted by the left-wing activism and the selective indignation of Islam. Hypocrites out there might say, who cares? That's what he deserved, right? Imagine for one moment if I had incited violence against a young Muslim lad in the reversal of this situation. And you see... In a district where a generation of young girls have been raped, these threats are far from empty. What do you think, if you were working in the school at that time, what do you think what the media done? I think the media fucking blew out of fucking proportion, they want to fucking war about it at all. I know. 
But then the media run that Jamal was being bullied. Like, you see, he used to complain that he used to be bullied. There was a, there was another, I think, uh, Kirkley's, Kirkley's guy that came, that Jamal, that Jamal said, somebody got a knife him or something. Mm. I think that that be that be that should be on record. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think when we investigated, I think it was a lot of bollocks. I'm, I'm gathering that by reading the school records. That yeah. he, he made accusations, and then yeah. when, when they're investigated, yeah, and there were a lot of bollocks. It lied. Yeah. Now, ITV, Piers Morgan, you used your platform to incite hatred of a young child. No time for facts or the inconvenient truth. Surely you must have known the truth, because within a few hours of the story breaking, I was receiving dozens of messages from parents, pupils, and staff saying there was much more to the story than met the eye. So I did what any journalist could have done, should have done. I asked questions. Were you just being lazy? Was it willful blindness? Or are you just incompetent, Piers? And the BBC's Jeremy Vine. To you personally, was it clinical cowardice? After all, you didn't reveal the white boy's name. You just told everyone where to find it, on Twitter. Were you afraid of being sued? Although it wouldn't have been the BBC licence fee payers picking up your legal bills, would it? Or was this your Pontius Pilate moment? Condemning a child whilst washing your hands of any responsibility? Because that's what you did, and you didn't seek the truth either. Piers, Jeremy, your lazy, inept reporting was not without consequence, as we will see. You uh, Fredo says, uh, maybe dead wrong, but it's likely that this kid was abused as a child. The circle of abuse rears its ugly head again. No way he just woke up one day and had these thoughts. No, you're, you're probably right. Uh, coming from Syria, coming from a Muslim country, coming from a war-torn nation, it's possible that he may have been abused. Um, I, I think that, it, you know, for these people to have the mindset that it's okay to go out into the world and commit acts like this, I think it shows that there is uh, an, an, an inherent undercurrent of that type of behavior that already exists, either in their homes, their families, in their culture, uh, and so that obviously gets passed down to the next generation. Uh, so yeah, I think you're probably right there. And then uh, Ron also said, uh, look into the uh, early history of Vlad the Impaler. And I am a bit familiar with that. And uh, from what I understand, his father traded him and his brother to a Muslim country uh, because they were at war. Uh, and he did it so that the war would stop. I believe they both traded their children. So Vlad was probably horribly abused. Ron says uh, Muslim abuse is what turned Vlad into the sadist he was. Hostage family members was a common practice at that time. Generally the hostages were well cared for. Vlad was not. Yes, uh, awful, awful stuff. With hatred, you succeeded. And that's contempt. Your actions, not Bailey's, led to Bailey and his family being driven from their home in the middle of the night. Like the very refugees you claim you care about. The hate you incited was off the scale. Men with machetes had arrived at the school. Gangs were roaming the streets looking for Bailey. West Yorkshire police told Bailey's mum that terrorism threat had been raised to red. They had intelligence of people coming from Bradford to get Bailey and his family. Rather than deal with a the threat, they moved Bailey and his family to a place of safety. So, whilst one child had the support of the whole country, 
had the support of the Prime Minister, Sajid Javid, the local football club, everyone rallying behind this child, £160,000 donated to him. The other child in this incident, his family were driven from their home, threats, groups of men looking for him, ready to commit violence against him. And the police... You guys, I just want you to know, I just um, tried to get in touch with Bailey, the young man who was accused of being a racist and, you know, committing these heinous acts. Uh, and I just invited him to come on the show and, and do an interview, tell his story if he wants to. If he doesn't, I understand. But um, I, hopefully that happens. You know, just keep that in mind. They stopped the mum. So the police took the family. The police went and got the family to get them out of their house through in, imminent danger. And they were taking them to relocate them here. Let's have a look. The night in. This is the accommodation that Bailey's mother with two nine-year-old sisters and children were being relocated to. This one-star hotel where rooms are rented by the hour next door to a brothel. The imam who brought a mob of men up to the school, he has three mosques within a stone's throw of where we're standing now. Bailey's mother, through her sense, looked up this hotel, saw it was owned by Muslims, read the, read the reviews that it's a prostitute racket, drug hole, yeah, and got out of the police meat wagon with her children to take them to safety herself. But this is where Kirkley's council were housing those children and that family. This is the most Muslim populated area of Leeds. That family were taken to so-called safety, yeah? Surrounded by mosques in what is a Muslim ghetto, yeah? Which is why I'm getting bibbed and gonna get some cause a scene now. We went to see from neighbours what it was like at the time of the incident. I think it were a BMW and X5. And there were about six thousand lads in And they threatened to, to firebomb the house. God. Yeah, yeah so, so they threatened to shoot her. They threatened, they to threatened, shoot the mum? The mum. They threatened to, uh, to rape kids. Well, they come outside and done all that. Shouting, screaming. Shouting, screaming. Well, I saw the video because a neighbour had shared it. And then I saw on the Yorkshire Live um, them making Bailey out to be really horrible and that Jamal was a poor little victim and it, it wound me up. So I commented on it, the victim wasn't a victim, he hit me in the back with a hockey stick. And then within the space of two hours I had about 250 comments saying that I was lying, that I must have been excluded from the school because I'm a liar. Um, just horrible comments like that, none of them believe in me. And you, did, you take this, did you take your comment down? Um, yeah, I didn't want to, but my mum was worried for repercussions, so she asked me to take it down, so I did. This is the hotel. This is, um, I believe, a four-star hotel. It's totally full of illegal immigrants. This is across the country, so the point to make is that illegal immigrants come here, young fighting-age men, not families, not children, and this is where councils house them. Let's have a look. Hello, boys. How you doing? Can I? Do you mind if I ask what, what country are you from, lads? No, no speaking English. <laughs> you do speak English. <laughs> Is this what country are you from? Uh, Iran. 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 Okay. Yeah, Iran. Kurdistan. Iran. Okay. Nice, no, cool, man. I'm just seeing. Is the hotel full? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, full. You enjoying it here? Yeah. Yeah. Nice hotel. Nice food. Nice hotel. Nice food. 
Yeah, healthy food. Healthy food. It looks like a nice hotel. Yeah, how many people are in here? I think there's 200. 200? Uh, lots of children? Oh, I, my eye problem, uh, I think it's half of the children. No children? Oh, my non children. No, not many children, no. Not many children. But it's a nice hotel. Nice hotel. Nice hotel. It is a nice hotel. And if, if, you, look at, if you look at where the other family were being housed in Beeston, and you compare it to this four star four star hotel nice food as our friend says healthy food, healthy food. Yeah, right. hello bro hi how you doing hey do I come back in we're off now mate we're only we're only we're only we're done now that's nice yeah do you know what they have in here they have a full time doctor and nurses full time stationed in there full time so you know when you can't my dad tried to get a doctor's appointment earlier couldn't get one full time full time the food's bad the food's bad. Is it free? Yeah, it's free. I have governors uh, who have friends in the media yeah. who try to explain to them There's a lot more to this. All of that and the offset and, you know, the only shebang. But it was never picked up. Mm. Apart from my reporting, there was not a single media statement given the other side of this story. The staff knew, other pupils knew. They could have exposed the lie. Why didn't they? They were either not free to tell you the truth, or they were terrified of the consequences. And that's for so-called journalists. Some can't find the truth. Some won't tell the truth. And some, they're afraid of the truth. But me. As a journalist, it's my job to present you the truth. If you want my honest opinion, they said, get up there, this is, I don't know who they is, get up there and shut that school. Get up there and get rid of this. You see, when the media and politicians decide to kill a story, when they decide to hide the truth from you, they'll do whatever it takes. They shut down the school. It's gone. Everyone lost their jobs. You see... Once this lie about a racist attack had gone global, the truth could never be allowed to come out. The real truth, that a young Syrian refugee was struggling to fit into his new environment, was problematic. His allegedly abusive and violent conduct towards teachers and children was allowed to run unchecked. Why? Did the school authorities turn a blind eye rather than be accused of victimising the boy, of being racist towards him? They stayed silent. The truth may have triggered accusations of racism or sparked discussion about immigration policies. The challenges of achieving the successful integration of migrants we welcome into the United Kingdom. And the need to take those challenges seriously. You see, Jamal was one of 20,000 Syrian refugees who come to the UK as part of the United Nations Resettlement Programme. The government could not allow their policies to be examined and the consequences and their incompetence to be exposed. Fredo says, Tommy is like the James O'Keefe of the UK. No fear, and he looks like he can handle himself. They need to do a dance-off. My money is on James. His thriller video was epic. James is a pretty good dancer. But yes, I think you're absolutely right here. And if you don't think the government is incompetent, you ain't been paying attention to anything. <laughs> Pretty Patel's been talking tough, really tough, on controlling our borders for years. And yet we have boatloads of illegal economic migrants being escorted across the English Channel and put into these luxury accommodation at your expense. This ineptitude does nothing for the refugees who come here legally. 
who we welcome into England. Refugees who are trying to integrate and make a new life here. And who was the community's rage directed at? All Syrian refugees. That's who. When in fact, there are many families of Syrian refugees in the area. We're told, all of them delightful, working hard to settle and integrate into the country they can now call home. I spoke to multiple refugee families. In the school, Brooklyn, uh, my children, no, any problem. No problems with your children? No, no that's it. So you've had, a, you've had a good experience in the yeah, school? Yeah. I used to have two friends, and they don't bully, and they don't care where from country I come or anything. Okay. And when I talk English, like, I was, we was about one month we've been in here, and I used to not to speak English very much. So they used to tell me how to speak or that thing, and now I'm in year eight and I know how to speak English, and I made it more friends, okay. and now like, I'm fine. And you're fine, yeah. and then no problems. Yeah. I don't feel safe at school. Sometimes I say to my dad, I don't want to go to school anymore. I was just crying, and I didn't do nothing because I respect the school rules. Lies. Who told Jamal to go on camera and say this? Who arranged the media tour? Who encouraged him to take legal action? He was originally going to sue the school for not looking after him and then decided to sue me instead. Who told him to put this in his statement to the High Court? You see, Jamal doesn't like to break the school rules. And here's the problem. This is his behaviour record. Almost a <laughs> hundred codes for bad behaviour. Truancy. Verbal abuse to teachers, physical violence towards pupils, and lying. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty for lying. You see, I haven't got all of Jamal's school records. Large sections of the documents I was given were blacked out. We tried to get access, but we weren't allowed. And the lawyers wrote to the court to explain they had misplaced documentation. And finally, as you can hear, the lawyers decided what they were going to allow me to see. Whilst I was preparing my defence, Jamal's lawyers decided what I could see. And this global news story wasn't an accident. It was all carefully planned. You see, the day before the video went viral, a GoFundMe page was set up for Jamal. And the video went viral the day after a criminal record check come back on Jamal. Why would his lawyers do a criminal record check? <laughs> well, they had to make sure this was financially beneficial exercise, wasn't going to be derailed by an unhelpful past. CYA. 15-year-old Jamal, his record was clean, by the way. Mohammed Akunji, the jihadist lawyer of choice, was immediately on a global media blitz. Listen, a bit of Akunji himself, I'm after him for my own reason. Right, okay. Nothing sinister, though, is it? Oh, fuck, no, no, journalistic. Oh, journalistic, oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, no, 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 fucking totally journalistic. I want to get all the background on him. You reckon he, yeah. you reckon he was a member of that? Yeah. Al-Midra Haroon are a prescribed terrorist organisation. Almost 60% of terrorists in British prisons are ex-members of this organisation. Wow. They kill, they murder, they slaughter. That is the organisation that Mohammed Akunji and his brother were allegedly, according to this top mainstream Muslim British journalist, they were members of it. How does a Syrian lad find himself working with a jihadist lawyer of choice before this video even went out? Before anyone has seen this viral video, within two weeks the lawyers have been made the beneficiaries of the GoFundMe page of £160,000. A plan to sue the school? That's put on hold. And a plan to sue moi <laughs> for libel was launched. 
What riches had these lawyers promised Jamal and his family? School records were edited. Migration Yorkshire clamoured to make this playground fight about race and hate. They contacted the Home Office as soon as they heard about this playground fight. Yeah, the Home Office, a playground scuffle. Why are they contacting the Home Office instantly? Someone went further, you see. We had this school incident report analysed by a graphologist, someone who analyses handwriting. It appears to show that a second person with very different handwriting doctored the report to allege that Bailey had threatened to stab Jamal. Even though all the witness reports mentioned there was only one teacher there, so only one teacher could have done an instant report. So, with the careful planning of the jihadist's favourite lawyer and the enthusiastic support of some useful idiots, it was possible for the lies to go round the world twice before the truth had had a chance to put his pants on. I now need to mention other repercussions of what happened in Almondbury. I was being sued for reporting the things that were said to me about Jamal. I had to defend myself. The judge had already, already ruled that I was not allowed to argue it was in the public's interest for people to hear a different perspective from mm. Jamal. I had to prove that the information reported to me was true. That's not the kind of burden placed on Piers Morgan or Jeremy Vine. Piers can describe Bailey as vermin without being held to account. And who is behind propagating this deception and the lawsuit against me? You see, this is where we get to meet the most sinister part of the unholy alliance. All sorts of people are helping out, but leading the posse from the front is the jihadist lawyer of choice. He represented Shamina Begum. You know the jihadi terrorist that's out in Syria? He represented, I think, Mike Radabalajo, Lee Rigby's killer. Whoa. I think he's even had to change his name because he's got such a terrible track record. So this is the lawyer who's suing me, and who the media celebrated that he had served me papers, even though I wasn't in the country. If you've pillaged, if you've plundered, if you've raped and you've beheaded, and you say you've done it in the name of Islam, well, these are the lawyers for you. The lawyers who stepped forward for ISIS bide Shamina Begnum, who've been fighting to get her back into our country, who defended Michael Adabalajo, who beheaded Lee Rigby. This is Mohammed Akunji and his colleague, Farouk Bajwa, who's been banned from claiming legal aid. Yeah, banned from claiming legal aid for putting in fraudulent expense claims. Let me rewind a bit. Let's go back a few weeks. There's an important piece of background information to this. Don't know the full ins and outs of it, but basically to inform that a group call themselves Antifa UK. Yeah. Over them? Yeah. yeah. To be honest, I kind of haven't... Antifa UK. Wow. I thought some of the things that I saw written in there, resisting hate, etc., that sounds a little Antifa-like. Antifa terrorists are active not only in America, but also in the UK. Wow. And Antifa Dundee, the base it says, are planning to help possibly kill Tommy Robinson. Um, Whoa. Because they know where he lives and want to silence him. Um, they've got their hands on, it says, they've got hands, uh, hands on some AK-47s, and make petrol bombs and stuff. Um, and allegedly said they're going to put um, these petrol bombs through your door when he sleeps. Um, they say they're also planning to attack a few MPs. Now at the heightened tensions with multiple Osman warnings, they now take back the radar phone, the one option we have to go direct to the police, and they are removing it at this current moment. Where are you from? 
Well, I'm from um, the, uh, 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 the the Castro Policing Unit that, that Carla works with. Okay. So Carla and I work very closely together. Um, so look, what did you just say? Basically, the the, the radar phone or whatever it is, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. the phone, the emergency phone, the you, that, w- w- will be taking that back. You'll be taking that back. Yeah, th- th- those those phones are used on for. Uh, no, are you for real? Like, so, uh, so when there's a heightened threat and people yeah. have come to the house and the address has been put out where my kids are, you're then going to take the panic phone back. It's Christmas 2018. The police come to my family's home to tell me that people in Antifa, far left violent extremist organisation, are planning to kill me and my family. See, who were the first to comment on this video? Well, Mohammed Akunji of Farouk Bajranko, of course, the jihadis' lawyers of choice, but also Mike Stutchbury, an independent journalist, an Antifa activist. So the jihadist lawyers knew Antifa were planning to kill me, then actually commented on the video of the Osman warning. You see, what happened next is interesting, although not interesting to the Solicitor's Regulation Authority or the Law Society, the people who should be interested in the integrity of our lawyers. It will be live-streamed. I'm not in charge of the filming or anything like that. That's uh, down to the guys over here. And yeah, literally nobody wanted to do this, so we thought, what mug can we find who would agree to this? So two lawyers who know Antifa are planning to kill me seek out an Antifa extremist, hire him for one day, just one day, and send him to live-stream the serving of papers to my home, my family's home. Papers which had already been served, by the way, with a gang. When my wife and children were there, when they knew I was abroad, lawyers commissioned the Antifa extremist to broadcast my home address in order, as they put it, to cause a spectacle. The law firm or the lawyer who has been, in, you know, sort of taking the lead on the Tommy case wanted to make sure, doubly sure that, that A, Tommy got the, uh, the, the letter, actually went out two, two, two different ways, and he wanted to make a bit of a spectacle out of it. This, this is all very, they're very amusing. A group supported by Mike Stutchbury came to the home that my wife and children were in on a Sunday afternoon when I wasn't even in the country. So let's have a look at Mike Stutchbury, who calls himself a journalist, who promoted this event, who shared it and encouraged it, who found it amusing that my wife was so scared she had to ring the police. My wife has been sat down and told in her home that Antifa are planning to kill her. They're planning to kill our family and harm our family. She's been told that she may get acid in her face. Well, how do you think she felt on a Sunday afternoon whilst my children are playing outside on their bikes? to be told that Antifa were on their way to our home. Let's have a look at Mike Stutchby, the man that sent them. Here he is self-admitting that he is part of Antifa. Here he is promoting violence against his opposition. Punch them, punch them, punch them. Here he is hoping that buses full of Antifa get shipped in to smash people's skulls in. Here he is calling for white genocide. Mike Stutchby is an extremist. He's a far-left extremist who currently is playing a victim. He encouraged people to come and he sent people and was part of an organisation that communicated together to send people to the home where my wife and children were when I wasn't there. He even crowdfunded to support them in their action. He, you know, he was looking at various people and eventually he sort of came on to... Dick Cochlin, Dick Cochlin, I can't say it properly, um, who is a, a, a YouTuber who has made videos about Tommy for 
God, almost 10 years, I think, who's a, who's a real critic. Um, he's a, I don't know if you've checked him out, but he's a, he's a funny guy. Um, Check out, yeah. yeah, he's, uh, sort of, you know, got red hair. Ex, yeah, he calls, you know, he's, he's an ex crackhead, basically. And who is this Antifa extremist hired to come to my kids' home? Keep watching. Okay, folks, we're here in Sorso. I'm about Sydney and Murphy. We're about to pop off. Don't even bother to cover it up. Uh, Fredo says we need to get we we need some rogue patriots to infiltrate Antifa. They infiltrate MAGA at every opportunity. I get the cue said that they are mapped, but seems easy to get into the Antifa sex and can't rely on posts. In my opinion, here's the thing: I, I think it's very difficult to get inside their organization because they are inherently less trusting than us. You know, I mean, we are reasonable people. Someone like Antifa, I think that they're probably going to do deep background checks. They're going to look at your history online. They're going to see the things that you've been posting. If you don't have years of history of, you know, talking about smashing fascists, then they're probably not going to allow you to get to that inner circle. But I agree with you. Yes, we do need to have infiltrators into these radical left-wing groups so that we can head them off of the past and perhaps so that we can disrupt them from the inside. Not to say that I don't think it's already been done, but I would like to get the information myself. That's for sure. Went up to where and, I'm and they said, right, we'll take that from him. We'll make sure he gets it. And later that night, the Antifa extremists hired by their lawyers had a message for me and my children. <laughs> and on that note, see, that, on that happy note, Oh, by the way, Tommy, I am going to mince your kids, mate. So have a look at the man that they sent. The man that you can see the Muslim lawyer handing privileged documentation, giving this man my children's home address. The lawyer in this case was a guy called Mohammed Sanimi Akundra, who works for a solicitors in London called, I shit you not, Farouk Bajwa and Co, uh, solicitors of London. I get asked by this guy that uh, they've decided that they're going to, Tommy Robinson is going to be served legal papers uh, so he can be sued by this family. And they asked um, me, do I want to be the one to go along to serve the legal documents? Let's have a look at who Dick Coughlin is. Let's have a look at some of the things he said. Here he is promoting hatred against black people. Serious, this is a crime. The comments he makes are a crime. Here he is promoting hatred against Pakistanis. Here he is singing a song promoting anti-Semitism. Singing a song about lampshades being made out of Jewish people's skin from the Holocaust. A self-confessed racist anti-Semitic crackhead was sent to my children's property. He talked about raping my wife in her skull socket. He talked about my children being fed for a meat grinder. He talked about burning my house down and whilst masturbating with my family in it. Jeez, now, Pete. other than to terrorise my wife and children, why would any sane person do this? It worked, okay? 
Tipped off by a friend who saw the gang on live stream approaching, my ex-wife hit the panic button and barricaded herself and our children in a bedroom. The police thankfully responded in time. And these are exactly the same tactics being used against the unbelievably courageous children in Ombre. Threats of violence and rape against children who are willing to stand with me in defence of the truth at the High Court of London. The video release, media, GoFundMe, Antifa, it all happened at the same time. It was coordinated and it was about hate and making money. And how that far-left activist, who appears to be an anti-Semitic, Jew-hating, black-hating racist, came to my home with his gang and threatened to kill my children. These lawyers, the mainstream media, they don't care about refugees. They don't care about Jamal. They don't care about the truth. Say that bloke who made the video saying he's going to kill the kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, can you, if you didn't do it, I know 100% give a statement. I know I was there. Okay. Give a statement about that. She complained about it. She contacted or remember, it would have been the liaison officer at the time to okay. ask if he was arrested. I found out his address and I gave you all the information for him. So even now, right. say now, looking at that, can he be arrested now then? I don't know what happened with the previous report because when we search on our system that we currently use, you probably got very uh, can't see any crime report that was linked to it. You see, the next day, knowing I'd been provoked with threats against my ex-wife and my children, no doubt thinking they would catch me conspiring to commit violence and lock me up on a conspiracy charge. Here, outside my ex-wife's house, men in a car that has never been registered. Check the registration plate. So presumably from the security services, with listing devices recording what's being said in my home. The involvement of the security services may explain why Dick Coughlin, the man who publicly threatened to murder my children, has never even been spoken to or arrested, despite my wife's complaints. What are you doing? Show me who's in the back of your car. There's no one in the back of your car. So what are you doing then? We're not here anything to do with you. What are you doing then? What do you think we're doing? I think you're starting to do me. No, no. Who's just worth? So what are you doing? And there is someone in the back. I know there's someone in the back. So what are you doing here? I don't think you're I don't know who you are. That's what I want to tell you. Can you tell me what you're doing? Can you tell me what you're doing here? Because essentially, I've got threats against me. Yeah? So what are you doing here? If I turn it off, you're going to tell me what you're doing. Yeah. Who's in the back of your car? No one's in the back. Who's in the back of your car? You're not going nowhere. You're not going nowhere. I'm not moving. Let me see who's in the back of your car. Tell me what you're doing in the house. I want to know what you're doing, bro. That's all I want to know is what you're doing. I've got police officers sat with a recording, in a recording van, and the back of this van is a recording station. I'm not standing, you're not going, bro. No, because no, what you're doing, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. They're sat in the back of their van, this is recording devices. The whole of this back thing, because he just opened it up when I got him out, the whole of this back thing is recording where they're pointing there, because they what this is has been a setup. These people are set these police officers are setting me up. They're setting me up. It's a setup. They're setting me up by sending people to my house because they think I'm gonna react and do something, and they're recording it with listening devices. Wow. We checked the vehicle registration plate outside the house on the government website and there's no such vehicle. Let's not forget the politicians, hmm. our fearless leaders. It was only when I went alone 
to the home of self-declared journalist Mike Stutchby to ask him why he had done what he had and why he thought it was funny to intimidate my children. Some of you may, some of you may have seen that people have been outside my home intimidating my family. The difference is when they come to my home, five men come to my home. I'm on my own. I've had to move my children who are scared and upset and people encouraged people to participate in coming to my address. One of those such people who... It was only then that the fearless then deputy leader of the Labour Party, Tom Watson, steps forwards, ignoring reality completely. Every major social media platform other than YouTube has taken down Stephen Yaxley Lennon's profile because of his hateful conduct. Late on Monday night, Yaxley Lennon turned up at a journalist's home, banging on the doors and windows, demanding to be let in. And after being escorted away by the police, he returned at 5am and continued his intimidation. The incident was live-streamed. He later warned journalists in a YouTube video to expect a knock at the door. Does the Secretary of State think that he's right that YouTube and the parent company Alphabet continues to give this man a platform, sir? It'd be funny, you know, if it wasn't so insidious. The hardly honourable Mr Watson totally misrepresented what happened and from behind his shield of parliamentary privilege bravely declared that I'd been terrorising a journalist. Journalist? Sturchbury's an Antifa activist who incites violence and wants to kill white people. Terrorising. Was I terrorising? Mr Watson bravely demanded that I be removed from YouTube. YouTube had, now, had only recently confirmed that none, not one, of my videos had broken any of their stringent guidelines. And my videos hadn't broken any laws. It was clear I hadn't harassed anyone, certainly not Mike Stutchbury, if indeed he is a journalist. But none of that mattered. My wife and children left their family home that night. They never went back. Thanks to having their lives endangered by the jihadist lawyers. See, my wife started legal action against Mohammed Akunji and Farouk Bajra's firm. But Mo and Co, Mohammed Akunji and Farouk Bajra, you see, they weren't so keen on facing the law as they were on abusing the law to persecute others for financial and ideological reasons. On the 31st of March 2019, they promptly collapsed their law firm. They'll never be involved in the case. That's what they said. And Dr Farouk Bajra, well, he's no longer going to be a lawyer. He'll be living in Pakistan. That's it. That's what they said. That's how easy it was for Mo and Co to escape justice. Interestingly, wow. they're still signing documents on the case on the 6th of June, months after saying they're not involved. Several other law firms have reported them to the Law Society, the body that is supposed to make sure lawyers behave ethically. Nothing's been done. I wonder why. In fact... All the lawyers working at Fruit Badger & Co just moved across to a new law firm called Burlington's. And guess what? Yeah, Burlington's took on Jamal's case against me. Fruit Badger now works for Burlington's. Fruit Badger's son now works for Burlington's. Fruit Badger is Burlington's GDPR expert. Pretty ironic, no? Fruit Badger & Co leaked my children's address to an Antifa activist to put it online for everyone. And if we've been stupid enough to expect more ethical behaviour from Burlington's than from Fruit Bajwa and Mohammed Akunji. Well, 
would have been disappointed. How come Freak Badger was signed a form three months after he left then to do this case? Oh, it is absolutely, it was, uh, if, if that was the case, it was before I gave the undertaking and he wasn't involved in this case at all. He signed a, he signed a form dated June, in June. He signed a form and the date on that form that he signed is June. He left this case in March apparently. How come? Well, I, 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 if you send it through to me, I'll have a look and I'll give you an explanation as to why. I'm not quite sure what form you're talking about. Although you'll see it on my, you'll see it, you'll see it on my documentary. Okay, so when you, when you send me what you decide is relevant, yeah? Um, how am I going to know what you've cut out? Um, well, I, I suppose you, you would have. Then, two days ago, Mohammed Akunji docks my mother and father's house. Last night, that house at one o'clock in the morning was smashed to pieces with, with, with bricks through the windows, yeah? This is all going on in the background. I've been trying to get my stuff ready, but just so that you're aware of what's going on as to why I don't trust the word you say. When you have Farouk Bajwa's son working for your working for your company, and Farouk Bajwa is the man that sent people to threaten to kill my children, I'm wondering why, in the last 48 hours, or last 72 hours, since I disclosed information to you, why, why my family and loved ones have become under persecuted harm, of which is all detailed with police records and video footage of everything that's been going on. So, and you've covered up things which, and, and, and Luke, Francesca told me, I have a recording of her telling me that your, that Burlington's did not retract anything, redact anything. Yet in court, you had to admit you did. I've got the recording of her telling me. Everything was redacted prior to coming to you. Everything was redacted prior to coming to you. And then in court, you sit and admit that you have been redacting things. So, uh, forgive me, it's just lie after lie. This is Burlington's lawyers losing documents that they're supposed to send to me and deleting things that they don't want me to see. Misplaced. How do you misplace documents that were electronically filed on their case management system at Fruit Basher & Co, then passed over to Berlin's? So now he knows that it's coming, that it's going to land on his lap, the whole lie that they've told, and this is the actions they use. Can't play the man, so they play the kids and the family. You don't, you don't need to be scared, son, yeah? Because, um, they're doing this. They just call me and say goodbye. No, no, baby. But they're purposely just doing that. They don't got my number. But when they're doing this, they're just doing this to try and get cause me shit and make you worry. So I know it's easier said, but you don't need to worry. Yeah. They're doing this. They're doing this so that I don't beat them in court. That's why they're doing this. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, because they do know where we live. Uh, no, mate. Hmm. Danny Barker rang me saying if, he, if anyone turns up to the house, just ring him and he'll come in a minute. Yeah, yeah, he will, mate. Yeah, it's me off. Oh, mate. Very cool. Jeez, Pete. I can't even imagine what these kids are going through. God, that's that. That must be the absolute worst feeling in the world. To know that your family is constantly under threat and it can come at any moment from any direction. And obviously he's got this entire system that's been pointed at him because he's telling the truth. It's disgusting. Um, I need to say thank you to Fredo as well. 
He says, Zach, only you can make a scheduled live stream that has a guest that doesn't show a great night with great content and discussion. Cheers, brother, and cheers to the chat. Happy Independence Day to all. Thank you very much. I really, really appreciate that, and I'm glad that uh, you guys are here hanging out with us tonight. The mad thing is, the whole time this goes on, the media and all of them act like we're the bad guys. That we've been, like I'm the one persecuting people or targeting them. And they're such cowards. They're such cowards, man. I just got a phone call and they said goodbye. I'm so scared. I've told the police, but I'm so scared. Yeah. Hello? Jenna, who's just wrong, Spencer? Oh, uh, we don't know at the minute. What are the police saying? I'm just making a statement. Okay, but just quickly, what have they? What are they? Are they getting that account? Let's put a picture of you online. How, who, who showed you that picture, Jenna? It's on Twitter. Yeah, who found it? You saw it yourself. Okay. Are, yeah. they, are they gonna? Are the police sorting out to get rid of it? Yeah, they're taking the address of the Twitter person that's put it out. You, if you can say, I've given them 50 addresses of people who have done exactly this over the years, including the redhead man who... What about the redhead bloke who threatened to kill the kids? What have they said about that? Well, nothing, really. No? It's a crime. Do you know what I mean? If I make a, if I make a video threatening to kill some kids, I'll be arrested. So, the, the point... What you need to ask them specifically, and, and say to them, you made a complaint, someone threatened to murder your children, you had to leave your home, yeah? Those threats have now followed you to where you're now living, yeah? And they're coming from the same people, the same organisations, the same people they done fuck all about last time. They didn't nick them, they didn't speak to them, they didn't, the solicitor's still acting with impunity, doing it to my mum and dad yesterday. See, you need to specifically ask them, Jen, I want to answer out of them, when you made a complaint against Richard Coughlin, Dick Coughlin last year, why have they not done anything? And give us and get you a follow up and an answer as to why they haven't done anything, if you can. Mm, right. And the kids are right. Am I right that you managed to track the number? So you know who made those phone calls to her and was. We know where the number it came from yep. um, and who who that phone was registered to. So that's obviously we cannot prove. Well, I, I, at that time I wasn't able to prove who. I only could say where the number it came from. Um, as in, as in, as in, whose phone it is? Uh, who the phone is registered to? Okay. Yeah. Because uh, obviously, for me, this was this was threatening phone calls a week before a high court trial, trying to pervert the trying to pervert the course of justice. How come no one's been arrested? Um, um, I can't see anything on the crime report. If I send you evidence, which I'm going to anyway, because it's all going to the judge. If I send you evidence of Mohammed Akanji doxing my mum and dad's address, if I send you evidence of criminal damage and attacks in the middle of the night at an old pensioner's, old pensioner's home, and I show you evidence of pictures of my wife being put on ex-wife being put online, and my son. They've rung my 11-year-old son's phone. The police are all involved. They've been threatening my 11-year-old son. Yeah, This is what's gone on. If I send you evidence of that, do you think you'll support an anonymity order to protect the children in this case? Stephen, I, I, I can't you know, answer that because I, I don't have instructions to answer that. You know, I, I don't have conduct as a matter. Unfortunately, in terms of integrity, Berlin's don't appear to be any better than Farouk Bajwa and Mohammed Akanji. You see, I was told he'd violently attacked a girl. 
I was told he'd attacked someone as part of a gang. And I was told he'd threatened to stab someone. In fact, Jamal would violently attack more than one girl. And we presented the evidence to the court, including the testimony of courageous children who came to court. These children weren't Tommy Robinson fans, but they came to the High Court to speak the truth. So let me just look at one of the pupils that come to court and testified. This young girl wasn't a supporter of mine, didn't support my politics, but she still came to court and testified. Let me have a look at her school record and read what her teacher says about her. Charlie is a very mature and hard-working member of the form. She has been an absolute pleasure to have in the form. She has represented the form in the school council and in various events across the school throughout the school year. She represents all that is positive and exciting about studying, studying at Almondbury. Charlie is now currently studying law at university. Why would this girl lie, randomly lie, before I was involved? Why would she then travel to the High Court of London and commit perjury? Because that is what the judge has found, that she's made it all up. And Jamal, the Syrian refugee, the one with multiple lies in his school records and behavioural disciplinaries everywhere, well, he was telling the truth. That is what he found in this case. Wow. Why would a mother post images and send me those images of her daughter beating black and blue? Why? For what reason? Why would the staff lie? Why would the head teacher lie? Why would every single person who was recorded covertly lie about what Jamal was like? Twelve different people lying about what Jamal was like. Why? See, the judge has really helped us out here. The judge says people can lie for reasons that make no sense. Sometimes for no reason at all. He could not readily identify any explanation for why some of these people were prepared to do so and lie. He concludes the alleged assaults, they never happened at all. Despite Jamal's school record, which you've seen, the judge states the claimant's record is overwhelmingly positive. He acknowledged Jamal has a record of lying, <laughs> but decides on this occasion it's Jamal who's telling the truth and everyone else, everyone else is lying. Really? We waited 10 weeks for this? That's your conclusion? That's the logic from the highest libel judge in our land? There was no jury. <laughs> That's right, there's no jury. All of these people were lying. But Jamal, he was telling the truth. Jamal, who could only find his dad, Jihad, to speak for him. Not a single teacher, not a classmate, not a friend, not a neighbour or a support worker, came to court to support Jamal's version of events. Jamal who says he only broke the rules a few times at school, and even then, it weren't his fault. His school records suggest something very different. I want to be clear and fair to Jamal. He denies every accusation against him, completely and utterly. On the day the five courageous children appeared in the dock, giving testimony against Jamal. Jamal didn't even show up in court that day to face his accusers. <laughs> Neither did the press. The press actually left court when the witnesses stood up to give their evidence in my defence. It's alarming to think we have this kind of intellect at the top of our judiciary. The story of these two children is actually a story about free speech, or the death of it. It's a story about how the mainstream media is more interested in pushing an agenda 
than giving you balance and truth. How it continues, despite Leveson, to act with impunity. Is the media held to account for what they report? Have Piers Morgan or Jeremy Vine been held to account? No. It's a story about how the law is being manipulated and exploited by the far left and Islamists to destroy the lives of anyone who speaks out against the accepted so-called progressive, so-called liberal narrative. Or about the poisonous influence of Islam's Sharia law in our society. Is the law fit for purpose? No. And it's a story about our government and judiciary's disdain for free speech and the truth. And the lengths that they will go to in order to silence dissent, especially with its new and increasing powers. Is our government being held accountable for its actions? No. Is the judiciary independent of political influence? You've seen all the evidence. You decide. Whether you agree with my politics is irrelevant. When dissent is crushed, free speech dies and governments move one step closer to tyranny. The lawyers know the truth. Even Jamal's father, Jihad, he knows the truth about his son. They all knew the truth and were using Jamal to further their agenda, regardless of the consequences for Jamal. They continued to pursue the case, which incidentally has caused my divorce and bankruptcy. My ex-wife had to choose between her marriage to me and the safety of our children. I'm glad she chose our children. We're still best mates. You see, Jamal's lawyers told me very early on, if I apologised and paid them 50 grand, they'd drop their case. If you're watching this, you know the decision I made. I won't apologise for reporting what I was told, for what I believe to be true, for standing up for Bailey, a young lad unjustly vilified by pretty much everyone. But in silencing dissent, are the media and our government any different to the governments they criticise so much? China, Russia, Iran, immigration, Covid, Brexit. If it doesn't fit the narrative, you will not hear the alternative view. And where else have we seen this? Where else have the media, politicians, police and social services hidden the truth for decades, fearful of being called racist? Grooming gangs. That's where a cover-up of such horrific cost to thousands of young girls in towns and cities across our country. And nowhere worse than under the stewardship of Councillor Shabir Pandor's Kirklees Council. You see, hiding the truth doesn't protect community cohesion. It does the total opposite. It undermines trust in public institutions. It stokes resentment and conflict in our communities. Tragically, those who lead us don't seem to have the moral clarity or courage to speak the truth. They cause the division that they're trying to prevent. People ask me, was it worth it? Yeah, it was worth it. The truth is always worth defending. I'm still here. If you are born in the United Kingdom, you've already won the lottery of life. An inheritance from our parents and grandparents of freedom, equality under English law and democracy. If we allow ourselves to be silenced, that inheritance is rendered worthless. What legacy will we leave for the children and grandchildren who come after us? None of us can afford to let free speech die. We cannot and we will not be silenced. Ah, oh, great.
great movie. Dick Conklin has still not been arrested or spoken to in relation to the threats to murder his children. The man who threatened Tommy's ex-wife and children before the court case has still not been spoken to. No one was ever arrested for the criminal damage attack on Tommy's elderly parents' home. Jamal has been given 157,000 pounds by the British public through GoFundMe. GoFundMe, Justice Nicklin ordered Tommy to pay Jamal another 100,000 pounds. What a joke. Mohamed Akunji continues to support and represent those that are the biggest threat to the British public, that being terrorists. The British media continue to lie and pump their agenda to you. It's not just the British media. I remember that one. The boys are back in town. Tommy Robinson lies about Syrian school board. Tommy Robinson continues to face court cases and court fees linked to the case after having to go bankrupt after being charged with over a million pounds worth of costs. This is the word. You know, when they come after you financially, it's like there's nothing left. You've got nothing else you can do. being discharged from bankruptcy, they pulled him straight back into the high court to question him again to order him to pay $25,500 more legal fees. Pounds, not dollars. Tommy Robinson continues his work as a journalist to bring the British public the truth. Silence. Great movie. Great movie. And let me just say, uh, Jacqueline... Jacqueline, my heart goes out to you. She says, sorry, love your stuff and red pilling, but I'm a broke ass mom raising kids here in Tina Tampax, Oregon. I wish I could donate and follow on locals. So I guess I will continue to get half the news. Let me just say this. I appreciate that. And I understand. And, um, I have, although I have a locals and although I have like subscription options, I have never, and I don't believe I ever will, produce members-only content. Every single show that I do, Jacqueline, six days a week, both here on this channel and on Badlands, and then also soon on American Media Periscope, all of those shows are given away freely because I want the truth to be spread as far as it can go. And so when you do have the ability to support the channel, you are doing so uh, to subsidize everybody else who can't afford to support the channel. So I just want you to know, Jacqueline, that everything that I produce, you are able to see freely. I haven't got anything behind a paywall. Um, So yes, at least you are red-pilling, and that is why I give away all of the content for free. And Fredo, one of those people who can support me, says, on behalf of Jacqueline79, the self-proclaimed broke-ass mom raising kids here in Tina Tampax, Oregon, we salute you. You get all the news for free, Jacqueline. Yes, you do. You get absolutely everything that I produce 100% for free. Uh do, do, do. Yes. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, and uh, there was just a couple of additional stories that I wanted to talk about um, right here. This one is uh, pretty stunning. I actually saw this on Reddit a couple of days ago, and I was looking for an opportunity to talk about it this weekend. TZ Burton says, Jacqueline, we got you. You take care of those angels. Yeah. Take care of those kids. Just continue to raise them right I don't know anything about Tina Tampax, Oregon, and I don't know if that's a real place or not, but I know Oregon is. So hopefully you and your family are safe. So listen to this. This is one of the most least self-aware 
self owns I have ever seen. So this mother wrote to a newspaper column about her daughter's wedding. Let me read you this, this letter. This is from the Chicago Tribune. Dear Amy, four months before my daughter's wedding, she told me that her uncle, my brother Dave, would make her feel unsafe if he was a guest. Triggered, she asked me not to invite him. My daughter is very politically progressive, and as are many of her friends, and although she and Dave have always had a good relationship, I thought he is a conservative voter and has supported candidates we all abhor. Now, Dave has always been very nice, so my daughter's request surprised me. I wrote Dave a very nice note telling him that we would not be comfortable with him at the wedding and that he would not be invited. Now, another problem is that, oh wait, hold on a second. This is, this is not the full, the full letter. I have to get to the full letter. Ah, hold on. I've got it on my phone. Hold on. You guys need to, you get the full compliment of this story. Here we go. Okay. Um, I wrote Dave a nice note telling him that uh, we would not be comfortable with him attending. Dave did not respond and did not attend. Afterward, I sent him a card and pictures from the wedding, all in an effort to make him feel like he was not being totally left out. I have not heard from Dave since. Well, can you understand what? Can you blame this guy? Another problem is that Dave has not sent my daughter and son-in-law a wedding gift. In the past, Dave has given family members wedding checks in excess of $1,000. She says she was counting on receiving the same type of gift. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You sure about that? You sure about that? How can I get my brother to recognize and change his petty behavior? Please don't tell me I'm the one who started this by not inviting him to the wedding. He's a grown man, while my daughter is a young and just starting out. This woman is completely divorced from reality. So here's the response. Well, the person titled it Angry in Philadelphia. Dear Angry, let's just recap. Your delicate daughter is too frightened to be near a conservative voter to allow her uncle Dave to attend her wedding. She then asks you to do her dirty work for her, and of course you do. Fine. So far, we only have a bride's prerogative to create her own guest list and her mother's choice to protect her from any consequences, which is your prerogative. But it's your second problem that will enter into the Bridezilla Hall of Infamy. In short... Brides who are too afraid of family members to invite them to a wedding don't then get the pleasure of receiving their money. I hope you'll tell her that the bank of Uncle Dave is closed. So far, your silent brother is the only family member who is behaving appropriately. He's steering clear, which is exactly what you've asked him to do. I could not believe it when I saw that written. It was just too insane. But, I mean, what do we expect? These people are divorced from reality. They are so insulated. Can you imagine being uninvited from a wedding and then your sister complains when you don't send a $1,000 check? Well, if I'm not invited to the wedding, I'm not sending you jack shit, especially if I'm specifically uninvited to the wedding. Absolutely insane. All right, now... This is uh, an insane story as well. A woman, an actress who was injured from COVID-19 booster shots, just went through with assisted suicide 
because she was so debilitated and diseased from taking those COVID-19 booster shots. Her name is Katarina Pavlik. She is a Slovakian actress. She worked on Fox Sports Live, The Mindy Project, and Marry Me, and she died earlier this month in Liestal, Switzerland, of an assisted suicide. She had received a COVID-19 booster shot a year ago, which she believed would enhance her immune system. Now, tragically, she experienced significant health deterioration thereafter and uh, says, like most people, Pavlik thought the jab would improve her immune system. Instead, it did the opposite, and she suffered heavily as a result. She was diagnosed with an incurable chronic neurological illness known as myologic encephalomyelitis, chronic fatigue syndrome, a long-term illness with a wide range of symptoms that affects daily activities. At times, this condition may confine people to their beds. MECFS can worsen if individuals with this illness overwork themselves. The model was also expected to have respiratory ALS, a neurodegenerative disorder that weakens the muscles involved in breathing and swallowing. So it's only natural they just put her out of her misery. Uh, absolutely horrible. Here's her statement. Hi, guys. Over the last 10 days, I have become severely ill again, homebound, unable to do much. My body is too weak to fight this illness, and I have no more strength, so I've made the decision to end my life at Pegosos Association in Switzerland. I was diagnosed with an untreatable chronic neurological illness. MECFS caused by booster jab on top of having suspected respiratory ALS. This illness made me disabled, unable to work or have a social life, unable to enjoy life altogether. Breathing has become more and more difficult and painful for me, and my lung function has been declining. Thank you all for your friendship and support over the last year. The booster jab I received over a year ago destroyed my health, my body, and my life completely. There is no other way to end my suffering other than the decision I have made. Rest in peace. Safe and effective. Safe and effective. Fredo says, I love that you sure about that button. Would love to see the African guy that said, why are you gay added? So appropriate these days. Have a great rest of your weekend all. Yeah, okay, I will go ahead and do that one next. Awesome. Okay, you guys, uh, we've got just a couple of more thank yous to give over here on the foxhole. So let me take care of that. And then also let me just make sure that I haven't missed anything. Um I think that a couple of days ago, I got a, uh, yes, I got a super chat from Terry over on Cash App. She said, I love your work. So thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. Let me just uh, check on Ko-Fi because a couple of people have used it, and I don't want that to slip through the cracks. Um, nope, nothing over on Ko-Fi. But over here on the foxhole, uh, Empress, they, she said, moving to the boonies. We saw that one. Bro Dude says, you're the best, Zach. Thank you very much, Bro Dude. Insight Gino said, ideologies matter. Bro Dude says, we're up against a well-funded evil of global, uh, on a global scale, bro. You are absolutely correct. Uh, let's see. Liberty Bell says, thank you for all your hard work. Uh, much love to you and your family. Thank you so much for that. Uh, a boneless chicken dropped some shades and said, I appreciate the show today, my friend. Tommy should go down as a hero if we can turn this around. Come here, Chi. Come here, buddy. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Oh. I had to get the get my buddy here. Hey, what's up, Chi? Glad to see him. You're such a good boy. 
uh, let the arrests begin, dropped a ship. Thank you very much. Uh, Duda Man says, damn, I was following that story when it first broke, but I forgot all about it. Uh, absolutely. And then Mr. Pete dropped a thousand gold pills. Oh, thank you so much, you guys. I really appreciate it. I want to uh, thank you all for hanging out here tonight. Please do me a favor. Share the show afterwards. Help me get it out there. You know, I've been stuck at 184,000 followers or subscribers over on uh, Rumble for a while now. Uh, little by little, people do find the channel. But any help that you can give me to get the word out, let people know that I do produce quality content totally free. Uh, and I don't ask anything in return other than your help in spreading the truth. So thank you very much, everybody. I have uh, tomorrow is Sunday. I've got the day off. Obviously, we've got the 4th of July in a couple of days. So if you're spending time with family, friends, loved ones this weekend, I, I hope you have a, a wonderful time. Hope that you guys have a safe and happy holiday and I'll see you on Monday. So until that time, good luck and God bless. Gold pills are on the way.
When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare Flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.